Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I love throwing it sometimes. Hey, hey, you're becoming right hey, a power guy, brother. We, yes, sir. We are, we are live. Grice and Griner discussing uh, football 101 from Friday night. Grin, it's, more like, it's more like Griner's trying to take notes because I don't have a clue right now. Griner's oh, eating God. something that doesn't have meat in it, I'm sure. Hey, we just got home. I ain't had dinner. I'm going to do it during the game show, baby. Let's go. All right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Because we have a really packed show, let's get right to it. Actually, before I get to that, I got a question for you, uh, Griner. Okay. Clemson last night, you're, you're buddies with Dabo. Clemson last night started DJ Ukulele. They brought in the freshman. He played really well. And granted, Georgia Tech was probably laying down as 34 to 10. The Clemson message boards are blowing up today. How do you handle that as a head coach when you have a hot young quarterback playing behind a veteran? <laughs> you. You can't look at the media, believe it or not, when it comes down to, like, your program, your aspect, because you're with those kids day to day. Um, if you listen to the media, then what's going to happen is you'll feed into it and it can make you make bad decisions. So you got to trust your gut of what they're doing in the practice from day to day. Um, that other kid, the younger kids looking better in practice, you got to give them an opportunity and at least have some competition to make sure that the other guy's playing at a level where it is his job. So. You know, you can't let the media take a hold, but the problem is those big donors in college, it's a different ball field. So they, if yeah. they're starting to catch wind of this, what's going on on the media or whatnot, a lot of times, believe it or not, they can step in and make lives tougher in college. So it's a different beast in college. Yeah, I always, you know, the head coach always come out and say, this is my starting quarterback, and then three weeks later they're going with the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll never, you'll never hear that, that they came from a booster, but – some of that stuff goes on. You know, you have people that donate anywhere from 5 to $10 million. <laughs> a lot of times their word is, is tough. Now, Dabo is not in any type of job security situation. You know, he's right. next to – is Nick saving, then it's him. You know, so right. um, he's not worried about that. But he's always trying to keep a culture of what is right and what is wrong. And uh, he's not afraid to start a freshman. You saw that with Trevor Lawrence. So yeah. don't, don't be surprised if that guy outplays him. And the kids, it's all about the, the student athletes. Are they responding to that guy or the other guy? Who's the leader in the locker room? Who's the leader in the huddle? Who are they looking? You know, the old movie, the program, you know, put the women and children in bed and let's go looking for dinner. Like, who's that guy? <laughs> nice. Hey. Lex, and believe it or not, those those players will go tell Dabo it's time for a change. They'll no tell him. Well, that, it was clear to me that Clemson definitely opened up the playbook when they brought in the number two guy last night versus what they were doing with uh, DJ. Um, let's jump into uh, rapid fire. Chris, I want to ask you what the biggest robbers in the state are, or is there just one, or does every community have its own big robbery, and there isn't one big robbery in the state? But I think I know what your answer is going to be, and I went back in the way back machine. The biggest robbery game in the state of North Carolina, uh, you've got Pisgah going over to Weather 
CE Weatherly Stadium in Tuscola. That is the big time matchup. Guys, if you're a fan of high school football, that is a bucket list kind of game. Uh, you got to get there. Uh, there's going to be thousands and thousands of fans there. Uh, go there, uh, support those programs, especially that Canton program. You know, they struggled. I uh, had some great tragedies with the flood. Uh, so go check them out. That is the biggest game, the Haywood County Football Championship. Now, they're not playing this week, but I just went back in the way back and found that. But back to the question, Chris. What are the right. biggest robberies in the state? Are there really just a few of them, or does every community have its own big robbery? Well, I'm still going to stand strong and say that that Tuscola uh, Pisgah robbery is the best in the state uh, in regards of just an old school classic robbery where the two towns literally shut down. Anytime the take home from the 50 50 drawing is 28,000 take home, you know, that's a big time uh, cash flow. That's a huge robbery. Uh, mm -hmm. so I know Shelby and Crest started going prepay like well in advance, and that's kind of cool as well. Um, you know, again, you got to ask yourself the question, what do we judge a rivalry on? Is it excellence on the field? You know, power five kids going to big time schools because of that's the case. You know, what I saw on the field of Memorial Stadium from about 02, 03 through about 09 between Butler and Indy, that's the best I've ever seen. Uh, but in terms of, you know, just a classic rivalry where, you know, I don't want to miss it every year. I've got to say that Tuscola Pisgah rivalry. All right, Dale, same question. You and Chris Shelby, by the way, I almost raised two hundred thousand dollars in the 50 50. Uh, it was crazy. There, wow. there, what, what's, what, is there one big robbery in the state or are there multiple and every county has its own big robbery? Like the best robbery in the state in Raleigh is something different than what they would say in Charlotte. Well, Chris's was first on my list. I was going to sit here. I thought he was going to name a bunch more, so I was going to cross them off and see what he <laughs> left me with. Um, as he said, robberies are relative, relative to the to the people involved. And then what is your involvement as an outsider? So we see rivalries differently than people do at the school. So I think there are some rivalries that you can definitely point your fingers at. Um, mm -hmm. Some rivalries have gone down, like A.L. Brown and Concord was one of the top rivalries around. But yeah. <laughs> uh, because of their current uh, stature, that is lessened. Uh, Richmond and Scotland, you know, where you shut down counties to – have two teams play those are those are big rivalries i think it's really just a matter of the the relativeness to the uh the people involved there are a lot of rivalries that will peak near uh tiscola pisca probably won't beat it um uh, but then that's our perspective and uh but like chris says you know when you fill stands up and you have uh uh, big splits on 50 50s, you know, that that tells you there, there's a lot of people there. So, yeah, yeah. Some of the biggest ones I've ever seen in person. I, the Crest Shelby is amazing. The Scotland Richmond is amazing. The old West Charlotte Independence was amazing. West Independence and Butler was amazing. Country Day and Catholic was sneaky, really good. Cool <coughs> We're trying to get the West Harding. I could cook. That was that was West Charlotte Harding was bigger, I think, than West yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, West Charlotte Harding was pretty big. That was that was exactly. definitely big in the in the eighties for sure. All right, um, Porter Ridge. I'm gonna throw one more. Porter Ridge and Sun Valley's are real big. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Um, can I say one statement? I mean, can we give some credit to Dale right now? Is a uh, Teddy Two Gloves right now? <laughs> Man, I was gonna ask y'all if that bothered you. <laughs> He's ready to go at it. He's ready to go. Getting after it. All right, so Grace, I want to ask you about independence, and Sam, I want to get your thoughts about independence since you just mm -hmm. saw him. But we had a chance to sit down with you and Stan earlier. 
And uh, he had a, a little comment for Alex uh, because of something Alex said last week. Uh, you guys are off to the best start in eight years over there at 3-0. and And after you won on Friday, I noticed a little comment you made on Twitter about Alex. What you got to tell Alex, Coach? No, I said it. I mean, we just, you know, big thing with our program is just right now just trying to, you know, gain respect from our opponents. Uh, we feel like we respect every opponent. And, you know, you guys, Alex gave us – a little heat right there when you guys get ready to talk about our game and he just kind of hit us with you know there's nothing to talk about here we're going with sam so flashback uh west charlotte and independence i'll just come out and say it i'm not i'm not betting against sam griner so so let's just move on and a flashback you know, he should have something to say now <laughs> was that a, was that on the message was that in the locker room no it wasn't necessarily in the locker room i mean i mentioned it to him um and that was it. We talked about it for five seconds. Uh, you know, we took a lot of things personal that week. Uh, we felt like we were giving West Charlotte the utmost respect and preparing for them. Right. Um, and then we turned on the show on Tuesday and we see Sam up there and we're like, okay, he's got time to be on shows and I'm over here preparing. <laughs> so uh, we took that. We took that personal. We just found little now, things it, to kind of find the of the edge. Yeah, in, in Sam's defense, he's been a co-host on the show for about four years now. But tell me about yeah. the game coming up. You got Hopewell, then you got Catholic, then you got Garinger. Um, certainly some games you can win there. Let's talk, let's start with the Hopewell game. What do you guys have to do to not kind of have that hangover and, and take care of Hopewell on Friday? Yeah, no, they got some players, man. I mean, I think the biggest thing for us is what we talk about all the time with our program is just being able to handle winning and sustaining winning and um, not forgetting the things that, that we do that got us the wins in the first place. Um, I think as long as we prepare the same way and practice the same way um, and play uh, to the standard of our program, um, everything should take care of itself. But they got some good players over there. And if we don't come out and uh, prepare and play the same way, I mean, they can beat us. Uh, so we don't take anybody lightly, man. We're going to prepare the same way. Every coach is personal for every coach at a high school, but it's extra personal, I sense, for you at Independence, having been a player there. I mean, talk about why it's so important to restore the big eye. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I went there, so uh, the love I got for Independence runs a little deeper than most coaches at most places. Um, and, and like I say, man, Independence is a winning brand no matter what's happened. Uh, so we just want to make sure that the kids understand that and know that they're part of that brand, they're part of that program, um, and that they can do this. And they just got to put in the hard work, man. And it's a special place to me. It's a special place to a couple other coaches that we got on staff, and you can see it every day when they show up to coach these kids. Um, there's a lot of people that's still there that was that was – uh, there when we all were in school, man. So it just runs a little deeper than football with us over there. All right, Grace, independence for real, nine to three. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes, uh -huh. man, they absolutely are. I mean, I think you look at what Coach DJ McFadden's done on offense, what Coach Rankin's done on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I've seen with them is that just how hard they play. I mean, we saw it. We hosted them in the seven-on-seven seven this summer, and I think that was a big thing they emphasized on defense was, you know, getting to the ball, approaching the field with a business-like, you know, kind of manner. And I think that's really spilled. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. 
Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Into the fall season, um, you know, again, tough game against, you know, Coach Griner, West Charlotte. I mean, we all you know, respect Coach Griner and everything that he's done. But I think you saw a very business-like approach, it seemed like, from that game. I mean, I think that, you know, they approached that game, did all the things you're supposed to do right, and came out with a victory. And looking forward at their schedule, I mean, you know, you do have some big games. I mean, we're excited, you know, in two weeks, you know, to see them play Catholic. Excited to see them at the end of the year, the course, in the rivalry game play Butler. But they've got a really big opportunity to be one of the top teams and host a home game in the playoffs. So I think they have no choices but to say they're back. Sam, what did you see from Independence when you were out there Friday? A couple of things that really impressed me. I think that, you know, he spent a lot of time in the weight room. Um, I can tell that us transitioning schools, not having a weight room for a few months really hurt us. Um, definitely. They were very strong. I was really impressed with their defense coordinator. I didn't think that he would get away from his 4-2-5. He he was able to load the box and take some things away that I didn't think that they were going to do. And uh, they did do that. So I was really impressed there. Um, defensively, I think we could have done well. I mean, like like I said, we only – I think we held them to like 220 yards of offense. We gave them too many opportunities off of uh, turnovers. There's a couple plays we could have made that made the game a little closer. But they were the better team. I just think that what they're doing there, they have the right coach. They got someone that's passionate. Um, even though I was doing the show on Tuesday night, I was coming straight from the practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, well, I just – DJ, you got me in a good year, brother. Love you. But um, <laughs> it's 1-1. Don't forget that. And I've been at your place two years in a row. 1-1. So um, uh, you come to us next year and we'll keep this thing going. And definitely we'll be prepared for that. Um, but he's, he's – I really see them as being a playoff contender. They're the one team – that are completely sound offensively. You cannot overplay the run. You cannot overplay the pass. They are completely sound, even more so than even Butler, believe it or not. I think that what they're doing, you can't get a beat on it very well, and they're able to throw the ball out there in a quick flash. They're able to throw the ball down the field. They're able to run the ball. they got a good offensive line. They're very, very sound defensively. They're flying around to the football. Um, they're going to be a tough team to beat. I really believe that. I think that Catholic, I believe, is going to have their hands full with them a little bit. I think Catholic's a really, really good team. They're a, they're a deeper program of, like, you know, tradition right now that they've been good for so long, and Independence was really good in the past, and they're coming back to that. But I think that Independence has found their guy, and uh, very proud of uh, DJ. I mean, I, I try to call him three times during that week, and he – he was like building these uh, chips on his shoulder. I could feel it. Got his game face on, man. Got his game face on. Best start for Independence in eight years. Uh, congratulations to the Patriots. Cameron, real quick, tell us about Audrey Carroll's defense. Uh, are they among the state's best? Only giving up 13 points three weeks. I'll say yes and I'll say no. Let me explain. So, in their three wins, you know, they beat Cusperson, Marvin Ridge, and Providence. You know, Marvin Ridge and Cusperson aren't exactly. You know, powerhouses this year. Marvin Ridge is definitely having a down year by their standards. But what it really impressed me was that they shut out Providence. Anybody that can shut out Providence with Luke Bailey and that high-powered offense is legit. So I would say their defense is very good. But I think it's still too early to tell if they're the best in the state. Okay. Um, Chris, Shelby is 0-3. That just sounds weird to say. But is there a 2A team that's going to beat them come playoff time? Hard to say. Uh, you know, and, and for the record, I'm not worried about Shelby being 0 and 3. Come playoff time, I think they'll be just fine. Uh, you look mm-hmm. at the teams they've played, uh, just uber talented team. Uh, I'm not worried about them. Uh, the one team that that I think 
has the best chance in 2A would probably be their county rivals in Burns. Um, outside of them, Wallace Rose Hill, maybe Reedsville. That's it, and that's a stretch. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, Gary, I, I did notice that you have on a different jersey than the team you normally pull for. It, what? Let, let me put you what, – what is that that you have on there? Let me put you in the one shot. What is that you have on? Yeah, it, it's been a big shot to my family members and wait, wait, my friends. Wait, 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 wait. This is your – How about them, Cowboys? Yeah. That's you, Gary. <laughs> well, hold on. Before you do, give me a couple. We're going to play your theme music. All right. Disco music right there. <laughs> so why do you have one of San Francisco for 30 seconds? Why do you have one of San Francisco for After 50 years of being a Dallas Cowboy fan, I can no longer stomach the decisions of Jerry Jones. Uh, he's not getting any more of my money. He's not, I'm not going to Dallas anymore. I'm not going to any other city in the United States to follow the Dallas Cowboys until he relinquishes control of day-to-day operations of the Cowboys. I just I just can't take stupidity in management and coaching anymore. I, I can't do it. Oh, boy, that's, that's scary. Bubba Camp, do you like the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> no, I do not. Who's your team? You, and you better say the right one. Who's your team? You know, I got to go with the home team. Come there you team. go. I don't understand, Bubba. I don't understand why all these grown men on this TV show like somebody other than home team. I don't understand. We have a team. I gotta go. Man, Bubba's had he's had the Panthers his whole life. Like yo, Bubba's like they've been there the whole time. They weren't there when I was a kid. They weren't there (laughs) from three thousand miles away. You didn't didn't live in San Fran. We did not have a stadium. There was it was grass. We had the Charlotte Coliseum. I I didn't have it, so I chose. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I don't I don't get it, man. Hey, you got. But you got to admit, San Francisco brand of football is special to watch. Like, if you're really, like, detailed into the running game and, and being creativity, I mean, they're they're one of the best there is. It's, it's funny. But, I mean, you, you got to like your home team. Bubba, well, Bubba let, out there looking like a young Trey Lance like, out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Bubba Camp from uh, Chambers is joining the show. He's, he's uh, committed to Old Dominion. Uh, Leading the team, trying to get back to the state championship game for the fifth year. A lot of people doubt you. Give me Blair Witch, man. You got to get your camera. <laughs> what again? I mean, you give me Blair Witch vibes. You got to get your camera under control. It's moving around too much. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you me, got, you got you got AirPods. Yeah, I got some. Uh, I got some headphones upstairs. Yeah, go grab the headphones. I take care. Grab them real quick. You gonna need that guy. I don't want you to have no excuses. <laughs> we're gonna take, we're gonna take him back for a second. To the kids there, hey, Grice, you are so happy Gary is rocking. I thought he lost a bet to you. Now, we're tied on our bet. I, I wish it was the other way around. I wish we it was almost meant if, if the freaking – hey, hey, Carolina fans, if the freaking receiver doesn't backpedal and fall down – Oh, my I gosh. two dinners from Dave or two lunches from Sam. I know. I would have been broke. I would have been so broke. I don't know, man. That is terrible. Oh, Langston, he doesn't know who Blair Rich is. We go through, we go through this all the time. Oh, like, that's true. Yeah, I'm Langston, I always talk about phone booths and how DBs can have a receiver in the phone booth, and they always look at me with the blankest look ever. Like, <laughs> yeah. No clue. It's all yeah. You yeah. You can tell Langston you don't have to. You don't deal with that as much. You got to go with the new thing. You got to you got to put them in a baby seat like the double strap, and then just lash in with their hips like. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. But it's it's all good. Um, well, while we wait on while we wait on Bubba, I, I want to ask Chelsea, what, how's it going with the college uh, recruitment situation with you? Um, it's going good. Still in the process of applying. Um, I got to get through Common App first, then do the individual college requirements. But I'm almost done with the first half. Yeah, Common is a beast. Yeah, it is. I'm Ready to, to get it over with. I'm trying to help my baby boy through Common. Alex, what do you think about uh, DJ McFadden calling you back out for calling him out? I never called DJ McFadden out. I praised Sam Reiner. <laughs> I, I love you, Alex. I appreciate you. All right. I ain't going I'm not going to disappoint you at the end of the year. Just watch. All right, we got Grice wants to go eat, so he's waving by. We got uh, my man Bubba back on, Bubba Camp from uh, Chambers. Um, you guys are uh, trying to get to the fifth straight state championship game, but there's a little bit of doubt this year. That the people don't think that Chambers is Chambers anymore. How are you guys handling that? I mean, we just um, – we know it's some doubt. We know we lost a couple of things on our offense. We lost a couple of weapons on our defense. But we just take every game – Every week we come in, every week we take every game is the same for real. Like Hickory Ridge, they're just another another team in front of us trying to stop us to get to our goal, which is to win another state championship. And speaking of Hickory Ridge, they're looking to make a statement. We're going to have Coach Jupiter Wilson on later later on in the show. And, you know, he's been telling me they, they, they want a statement win. I know Alex is going to talk about that later on. How do you guys avoid being that statement win for them? I mean, we just going – we just got to come in and fight harder. Fight. They going to fight. I know them boys going to come in and fight hard. We just got to – fight harder and come out with the win. What is it that makes Chambers special? Because you guys have like this closeness about you. I mean, a lot of people see you guys with all the, you know, the rah-rah and the videos, how you come yeah. out. There's a close-knit to you guys that's special. We're all brothers. Like, all of most of everybody on there, like, we're all just close. Like, we're a family. Like, outside of football, it's a, it's a family thing. And, like, that's what makes us Chambers. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you what it is. That, that, that going quarterback – you're seeing right there, Bubba is a dog. You're talking about putting the women and children in bed and go looking for dinner and from the program. I know these <laughs> kids probably ain't seen that, but this guy is different. And if you're looking at someone in the huddle, and we're watching this right now, that's going to lead your program, that'll go in the foxhole with you, I would take Bubba all day long over anybody else in the state because he's tough as nails. He's able to make plays. I mean, he'd literally point out one of our kids in the game say, hey, I'm coming right here. You ready, basically? <laughs> like him. I mean, he did. It was like all over some type of social media and sports center, I felt like, everything. But he's, yeah, it was a, sports center. It was. Yeah. He's, he's a special player. He's got a good heart. And the guys in the huddle with him want to play with him. That's the whole key, like making things happen. Like, that's not coached right there. There's nothing about that coaching. you got a guy that's just able to make plays and do things. And then anytime you have a chance – with a quarterback leading you like that, you have a chance to win a championship every single year because when they look in the huddle, they see greatness in him and he's able to lead. And he, he is a special individual, no doubt. Yes, sir. Thank you, all Coach. Right, well, well after all that praise, I still want you to beat him in the game show. So we're going to play his little bumper. <laughs> and and the rules are Alex is going to read the question, you'll answer first, and then Chelsea will read and Sam will, go, will, will alternate. It's multiple choice. And you must, he has not lost this season. He's holding on his little ties, so we have to we have to get him an L today. I like to, to be the man. You got to beat the man. Yeah, okay. well, Bubba's gonna beat the man tonight. Bubba's gonna beat the man. Here we go, brother. I'm not MJ, just Coach Griner, but I'm the goat of the game show. All 
All right, Alex. Question number one. The good thing, the good thing though, Bubba, is this that they start gearing questions away from I have no clue. So, like, you got a great shot these days because they want to see me lose. I promise. <laughs> All right, uh, Alex. Question number one. Monday night, after Florida State beat LSU, the Seminoles band mocked LSU fans by playing the unofficial school anthem. What is it called? A. Neck. B. Louisiana Beasts. C. Fight, fight, fight. D. Tiger Draw. All right, Bubba, what's your answer? Um, I'm going to go with C. C. Fight, fight, fight. Samuel, what you got? I'm going to go D. Tiger Draw. The answer is Nick. So we are... I know Grice knows that. Grice is probably in the background laughing right now. Neck? Yeah, Neck. <laughs> that is the answer. I'm surprised Colin Baton Rouge didn't make the list. <laughs> LSU comes out to Colin Baton Rouge for each game in Death Valley. It is surreal. All right, Chelsea, number two. According to Billboard, two rap artists are streamed to more than any other in 2022. One is Drake, who is the other? A, Jack Harlow. B, NBA Youngboy, C, Young Gravy, or D, Megan Thee Stallion. Samuel. <laughs> you really like, can we ever have like Christian music on here or something like yeah, next week, next week I have like, a, Next week I have a Christian question for you. What I mean, my goodness. Me? Like, I don't know. Golly. Hold on. We have, we have Bubba, a help me out this one. You go first. No, I'm gonna go you, with... no, 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 Bubba. Hold on. No, Sam goes first. Go Sam. Okay, okay. Go Sam. What do you think, Bubba? Wink twice. All right, never mind. <laughs> Any other one is Drake, the other is all right. I'm gonna go. D D Megan the Stallion. What no, you no, 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 no. D Megan. D yeah. Megan the Stallion. What you got, Bubba? I'm going with B. B NBA Young Boy is the correct answer. Bubba is up one to nothing. Yes, I, felt, I felt like that was too obvious to the answer, and I didn't want to go with it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. You would, do that. You, would, you would do it like a rap question on question two. Okay. All right, Bubba, you, Bubba, you're up first on this question. Alex has the call. Go ahead, Alex. According <laughs> to the Daily Telegraph, Jay-Z and Beyonce recently bought the world's most expensive car, a Rolls-Royce boat tail. How much is it worth? A, $10 million. B, $50 million, C, $28 million, D, $7.4 million. Bubba, what you got? Um, I'm going to go with A. A, $10 million. Samuel, what you got? Golly, that's what I was going to say. It's still okay to say it? <clears throat> I'm going to go D. D, 7.4. The answer no. Huh? D, yeah, D is in dog. Yeah, okay. The answer is C, $28 million. It, it, it has a rear deck, double refrigerators, and a sunshade that comes out of the back. That is a true story. I did not know that. That is crazy. Yes, that was that was shared with me with one of my younger co-workers this week. They said <laughs> I need to put that question in the show. All right, uh, Chelsea, what you got? Johnson C. Smith lost, lost its season opener 35-34 to to Bluefield State. But a former Charlotte area star had 119 yards receiving, two touchdowns. Who is he? A. Brevin Caldwell, Independence. B. Tim Newman Jr., Myers Park. C. Demarcus Johnson, Harding. Or D. Cameron Cromoon, A.L. Brown. Sammy Will. He 
He is staring hard. All four of these people play for them. Yes. Okay. Can I know how many how many how many catches did they have? Eleven. Okay. I'm gonna go D. D. Cameron Cromart. What you got, uh, Bubba? I'm going with B. B. Tim Newman Jr. The answer is A. Brevin Caldwell. That means Bubba is dormy. The best Sam can do. Dormy is a golf term when you when you tie going to lasso. The best Sam can do. I ain't got a question. I ain't got a question right yet. The best you can do is tie. So Bubba, I need you to close him out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Bubba, you're answering this last question. Can we do like arm wrestling or something? Alex is on the Alex is on the read. Go out. Arm wrestling. (laughs) What is the hit teen Netflix series Dare Me about? A going on a first date. B being on a cheerleading team. C trying out for the football team. D, three friends trying to fit in at a new school. Bubba, what you got? Close them up. Um, let me see. Mm. I'm going to go with C. C, trying out for the football team. Samuel, what you got? Give me a second. Lord have mercy, man. We're going to be on TV all night. Now, I know with that government, this is life or death right now. <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, I thought you were about to say the other word. I don't have a pause on it. Either. No, I don't. I ain't going to curse. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to say, I don't want to say it, but I'm just going to go with it. B. You serious? That's your answer? Yeah, B. Being on oh, a cheerleading team. He brought, he brought it out. Of, you, Let's go! Somebody, somebody told you Grab that. the bell around me one more time. Somebody, somebody, your daughter came and told you that. There's oh, yeah, she's there. watching that dare me out there. Come there's on. No, there's no way you knew the answer to that question. I had to break it down in my head. Why would you put these answers up here? And I was like, they know I wouldn't pick cheerleading. I'm picking cheerleading. Grace, on, what about, Grace, what do you think about this young man? I mean, again. I told you, I, hey, you know, I tell Bob all the time, it's the Anshan camp is the professional side. That's his leadership ability. The kid shows that, you know, no matter what game they're in, he's got their yes, back. Sir. He's the one leading the show. When it's time to make those plays, that's when Bubba comes out. Like you saw him <laughs> when he had that 30 yard run. So I, right. I love yeah. it. He gets the Hickory Ridge, gets the Anshan and the Bubba, they're in trouble. Okay. Yes, sir. And it, well, there's only well, a few. Make sure, make sure you keep watching because Grice is going to have a preview you might want to see later on in the show. But thanks for okay. coming on, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm just telling you, like, I right, supported this care. dude all I could for recruiting purposes. This kid is a dog. Like, you're getting not a quarterback. You are getting a football player and a leader and someone that you would want to be around your program. Like, that kid is something you definitely want to have in your foxhole. And uh, whoever he's going – you know, he's committed. But, like, I'm surprised he doesn't have a few more people willing to take a chance on him. I mean, even if he had to play safety or whatever the case may be, he is a great player and a great leader. All right, well, we're very heavy. It's time for Grice's Gym, so here we go. Hey, it's that time. It's my favorite time of the week, and I had to bring the substitute teacher on here, Coach Gary Richmond, to help me out with Grice's Gyms. How you doing, Coach? Doing great. Another good football weekend. 
Oh, it was another great week. We got another crop of Grice's gyms here. Got five worthy candidates. And I mean, you look at those schools, coach, some big time schools, and you look at the games they won, man. It was some big time games. No more of those teams beating up on, on guys they shouldn't be playing. Guys are stepping up, giving big time performances in these big time games, coach. Yeah, and, and you always, when you see these type of numbers, you want to say, well, who are they playing against? And these teams and these players were playing against quality competition, and that matters to get on Grice's gyms. Uh, 100%. Let's get into the first guy here. We all know that Shelby Crest rivalry is a big-time rivalry. We've got Natavius Husky out of Crest. Big-time 54-49 win over Shelby. He completed 21 of 36 passes for 418 yards and coached seven touchdowns. Additionally, again, these guys do it all, ran 14 times for 75 yards and added another score there. Favorite target, though, was Javarius Green, who got he reached out to him 10 times for a big-time 308 yards and five touchdowns. So I, put, I ought to put Green on there as my guy below that. But, Coach, tell me what you see out of this film, out of this big-time game. Man, I see a guy that is an all-purpose guy. You know, he's involved in all aspects of the offense, rushing, passing, leadership, um, he had an awesome game. I mean, an awesome game. When you're involved in seven touchdowns in a game and almost 500 total yards, I mean, those those stats are phenomenal. Speak for themselves, Coach. That was a big-time win, and he's the reason why he gets that first uh, first award. Here we got Whit Neubauer out of Cardinal Gibbons. Now, it seems like they had a quarterback switch there as Connor Clark was a quarterback that started versus Chambers. Well, Whit Neubauer came in here. It was 15 of 24, 221 yards, and three touchdowns. Also got some on the ground for three carries for 50 yards in a big-time 31 to nothing win over Richmond Sr. continuing their troubles. But Whit Neubauer, again, Coach, stepping in there – didn't play in the beginning of the year, comes in there and delivers a big-time performance against a program we all know and respect. Yes, for somebody to step in like that, I'm sure the guy that started the first game of the season got most of the first-team reps in training camp. So when when the coach decided to make a, a, a change at the quarterback position, that means he only got the rep with the first team probably just last week on a consistent basis. So that's a phenomenal job of stepping in, um, with only one week with the starters and, and putting up those kind of numbers. Agreed, Coach. We're moving forward here. Caden Morton, and to me, the shock of the weekend, New Hanover's 29-28 win at Butler. Caden Morton had 16 carries for 146 yards and a touchdown, was one of the major contributors into, what again, I think one of the biggest upsets so far this year. Coach, what do you see out of this kid? Well, I see a play that was intended to go to right and he cut it back to the left, so that tells me he's an athlete because, you know, uh, Butler always has great athletes on defense. For him to make that move he just made in that highlight tells me he's a great running back. I agree with the coach. Big-time player here. Made a big-time play and a big-time win. You know, he had to get the call for this week. I mean, look at him carrying Butler defenders, and we know that defense is one of the best that we see out here. So, again, shout-out, salute to Caden Morton. Let's keep this thing rolling. I got to get some defensive guys some love. Will Rhodes out of Burlington Williams coached 28 tackles, including two for a loss, added a sack and a cause, a forced fumble, and a big-time 37-20 win over Southern Alamance. Now, this is up near my neck of the woods, but I don't know the last time I've heard of a, a guy again having 28 tackles in a game, Coach. That's insane. 28 tackles is three weeks of stats. You know, <laughs> Great defensive player, let alone one game. 
I mean, I don't think you make 28 tackles in training camp. <laughs> well, these days, because they're not tackling anybody, so they definitely don't make 28 tackles. But that was an incredible performance. Again, in the win over Southern Elements, and I think Burlington Williams is continuing to get it together as they're showing that they've been one of the top programs for years up, up in that uh, Alamance County area. I will say this about him. I will say this about him. Whoever's playing tackle in front of him had to be keeping some blockers off of him for him to make 28 tackles. Oh, he's yeah, he's cleaner like he's been fresh. Shout out to whoever the D tackles were for keeping them blockers off that linebacker. One hundred percent, that D line was out of control. But we had to save the best for last. I had to save the best for last. Had to bring in a special, you know, piece, special edition here of Grice's gems. When we got the guy that really balled, we have to give the guy the call. We actually have his high, his head coach Wesley Ward, head coach of Providence High School. Let me read these stats for you, coach. As you, I'm sure, have heard them all week. He, Luke Bailey yeah. ran 36 times for 429 and 429 yards and nine touchdowns in a big time 64-42 win over Parkwood. Now those stats again. He broke a a, a Mecklenburg County single game rushing record and his own school mark. He just, which he just set last week. So we just said it last week, broke it again, and set a new state record for single-game rushing touchdowns. Coach, that is an amazing performance by Luke Bailey. Again, we couldn't get him on here, but we had to get you on here to give you the call. Coach, talk a little bit about him. Let our viewers know what makes him so special. Um, it's just he's a hardworking kid, and and he, he, he knows what he needs to do week in and week out for this team as far as the offense goes. Uh, we, you know, we got those big linemen up front that do a phenomenal job. And so week in and week out, right, those kids and Luke know that, hey, we got to tote the rock, we got to run downhill, uh, and we got to make some things happen. Now, you talk about 429 yards and and, uh, and nine touchdowns, no, that's not what we were talking about, but it's, <laughs> it's a special group, man. So it's exciting to watch. And, you know, my dad was at the game, and we were just talking uh, afterward, and he's like, dude, you, you got to understand, that's, that's special. He's like, you don't see that very often at all. And so you were just part of, you know, a, a very special night. And I had to sit back when I got home and kind of take it all in and realize what had just really happened. Oh, I agree, Coach. And one thing, you know, of course, myself as a coordinator, you know, we really don't comprehend, you know, guys having stats. Like, I know I'll go home and, and watch the film and say, wow, this guy actually had 100 yards receiving or, you know, whatever have you. So in the middle of the yeah. game, how did you realize what was going on? I mean, again, he's racking up touchdowns. Where your, where's your head again having so many other things while he's having this record-breaking performance? Yeah, so we go into half, and, and like I said, on, on Friday night, you know, my stat guy always sends me, like, if there's any big stats going into the half, who's doing this, who's doing this on defense, blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm talking to the team. We're getting ready to come back out for the second half, and I get a text on my phone. It says 21 carries for 260, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, he's going to do it again, <laughs> right? And so I talked to Johnson, my offense coordinator, Jeremy Johnson. I'm like, hey, man, you know, keep feeding him the rock. Let's see what these kids can do and see if they can go do something great, right? Sure enough, man, we, we challenged them, and, and they showed up in that second half. Coach, did you have to wash his uniform? Because I haven't seen him on the ground yet. <laughs> no, it wasn't very dirty, man. That's hey, I, that's one thing. It's funny you say that. When I wash jerseys, you know, after the game or on Saturdays, you can always tell, like, who's really been in the trenches and who's really getting after it by how dirty yeah. that jersey is. And his was clean, man. That's awesome. Yeah, that's I, I'm about to ask you, do you remember him being tackled at all? Because I didn't see him get tackled. He may have gotten pushed out of bounds. Maybe yeah, there's, 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 that's, that's the thing, man. 
if there are two or three guys left that need to make the tackle, eight out of ten times, they're going to have a tough time doing it. Whether he's throwing that, that vicious stiff arm he's got or he just puts his foot in the ground and goes the other way. Can, can you can you give us? Thank you for having you on here. I mean, again, we we have a guy that balls. We're going to give you guys a call. Thank you, Coach. You know, salute to that offensive line. Salute to Luke Bailey yep. making having a history setting season. And we'll talk to you soon, Coach. I appreciate it, boys. Great job. No problem. Yeah, thank you. All right. You know, coach, you know, again, if you have a history-setting performance or you out there just have a great game and defeat your rival team or team across the, the county and you think your performance is worthy, please reach out to us. Let us know if you have a Grice's Gym nominee at Coach Jay Grice at, on Twitter at Langston Works Jr. Coach Gary, I don't know, he's retired, so he said don't reach out to him at Observer Preps. Again, if you ball and you ball the way that Luke <laughs> Bailey did or something close, you might get the call, so be prepared and be ready. All right, and we're back in our favorite place, Chelsea's World, where Chris and I are just happy to live in it. And we know who the shot caller is here. Chelsea, always good to see you. So with whom are you speaking this week? Good to see you, Alex. This week I spoke with senior football player Ian Bright from Apex High School. Um, with NC Preps, two years ago I interviewed him for his sophomore year. So non-news and observer he reached out to me and we set something up well mr bright is living up to his name of being bright to reach out to be in chelsea's world mm -hmm. and again anyone anyone who uh thinks through things brightly like mr bright knows that chelsea's world is the place that you want to be so that being hey alex clear, before we drop before we drop that video i gotta say chelsea i feel like it's like years ago i feel like i've known you since he's a kindergartner coming through you know you mentioned uh doing these shows uh years ago for nc preps and and to see your maturation and growth how, how has it become easier for you uh, to go out and get these big time interviews and, and do what you do because i'm i'm just thoroughly impressed as i've seen you grow uh from a very soft-spoken young high school girl now on the precipice of collegiate success and, and womanhood I mean, i've just seen you grow so much and, and i gotta i gotta admit it makes me happy Thank you. Um, I think the one thing is that it began with I would reach out to kids locally, kids who I knew from my high school, rival high schools, just in Raleigh. And then now to today, I have kids reaching out to me, kids who are, you know, really high in the recruiting levels, not just kids I know, kids from Charlotte all over the state, you know. So really just I think my network has grown so much. And the other thing that uh, Chelsea didn't mention there is as student athletes are reaching out for the opportunity to be in Chelsea's world. So, too, are those colleges and universities who are on Chelsea's short list. You remember, they're calling her. Let's just get that clear right Thank now. You. So Chelsea is getting the call from these schools. And like we say all the time, it's only if you're getting calls from them do you make an early commitment. And she's getting the calls, so let's just clarify that. Let's just clarify that yes. for everybody before All right. we uh, go on. To right. We're proud of you, Chelsea. Let's let's Thank roll that you. video and see uh, this excellent interview. This week, I'm interviewing class of 2023, Ian Bright from Apex High School. So Ian, you guys are currently 3-0 off to a winning start with non-conference teams. 
kind of talk about the upper hand that that record gives you guys and how you push for that in conference play. Yeah, uh, it really helps us a lot. Um, we played three really good teams, um, but uh, I think we just came out with the upper hand. Um, we've been really working a lot um, this summer and, um, you know, a lot of early mornings and uh, late nights and uh, double days. Um, we're just, we're excited. Um, it's really, it really means a lot to us that we're undefeated right now. Absolutely. And speaking of those past three games, you accumulated six touchdowns and 384 rushing yards. Kind of talk about your performance and reflect on that. Yeah. Um, first game went pretty well uh, for first game. Um, I scored uh, four touchdowns first game. Um, it was just, um, we had a hard time with the passing game, uh, first game. So uh, I just tried to do my best with running the ball. And, um, you know, it, it worked out. Um, I definitely know I can improve. Um, I'm really excited to play um, the next couple of games because I'm, I'm training every day to get better. Um, I'm just ready to get a lot more yards and help the team uh, team out. So our defense doesn't have to do uh, too much. Absolutely. And speaking of conference play, this upcoming Friday, you guys play Panther Creek. Kind of talk about the expectation for that game in the atmosphere. Absolutely. Um, this will be our second game at home. Uh, we're really excited for Panther Creek. Um, last year, it didn't, it didn't go as planned for us, um, but we got a lot of returners um, definitely ready to take them on. They're, they're a good team, but um, I think we can beat them. Um, our quarterback, Chase, he's, he's really improving. Uh, Got a lot of good wide receivers. Um, I think our offense is gonna put up a bunch of points and our defense is, they're, they're doing really well right now. Um, only allowed uh, six points uh, last game uh, when they were in. Um, just doing a tremendous job. Uh, our defense coach is doing great. Um, I think the atmosphere for that game is gonna be really good. Um, it'll be our second home game. So I think a bunch of people will come out and it'll be a, be a really good game. I'm excited even beyond from when you've been playing high school football, kind of talk about your mental and physical development in the sport now that you're in your senior year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a ride. Um, sad to say it's my last year in uh, high school football, but um, I've been playing since I was a kid. Uh, my dad got me into it, um, just fell in love with it. Um, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been fun. Um, everything's changed over the years, um, got a lot better. Uh, thanks to all my coaches and trainers and stuff, but um, I'm ready. Um, my coach uh, and trainer, uh, Scott Emerson, has really helped my uh, body change from last year. I was around 225 pounds. Now I'm uh, um, 200 pounds. Um, I dropped my couple of tenths off my 40. Um, I lost 9% uh, body fat. So I'm just, I'm really excited to keep going to the season, but it's, it's sad that by uh, last high school season. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure you'll make the season count. And this, again, your senior year, kind of talk about the leadership role you've taken on with the team and some of the younger guys. Yeah, we got a, we got a lot of younger guys on our team. Um, they're really stepping up and making plays. Um, we like to challenge each other in practice and I always try to lift them up if something goes wrong or when something goes right, I always try to encourage them. Um, just keep going, keep, don't stop there. Um, we got a bunch of young guys that made plays uh, last Friday night or Thursday night. Um, 
one of our wide receivers, uh, Zaylin. He's a, a sophomore, and he uh, he's doing really well. Transitioned from uh, basketball to football uh, just this year, and we got a bunch of young guys that are making plays on defense. Um, I'm really excited. Um, I just try to lead them as best I can. Uh, I can only do so much, but I try to put uh, positive things in their head to keep them going throughout the season. For sure. And Ian, can you tell us what the matchup of the season is going to be for Apex High School? You know, what's the best game in the conference between y'all and another team? And what can we expect from that? Uh, I definitely think the best game we're going to play is against Holly Springs. Um, they're a very good team, always have been. It was a, it was a battle last year. It, we, I think combined we had over 100 points. Um, but uh, we fell short last season. Uh, we're not going to let that happen this season. Um, we've, we've all put in too much work for this. So um, they got a really good defense, great linebacker, uh, Chase uh, Christopher. He's a, he's a good good linebacker. But um, we've been going at it for a couple of years now. So um, I'm excited. It's a great offense versus a great defense. And uh, I believe our defense can definitely hold them up. Um, yeah, I think that'll, that'll be a great matchup. Um, they lost their quarterback last year uh, who scored uh, eight touchdowns on us. So, um, yeah, we're, we're really excited. We're, we're ready to go. Absolutely. I know that's a rivalry. Well, thank you so much for hopping on. Again, this is Ian Bright, Apex High School, class of 2023. I look forward to this season. Wow, that, that guy is dedicated, Chelsea. He dropped 25 pounds and 9% body fat. For sure. That's insane. That's some development. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, tell people how they can be on Chelsea World or be on the Charlotte Burger, the News and Server, all that social media, all that good stuff. My Twitter and Instagram is Chelsea Simple. Hit my DMs. We can set up a Zoom. And you'll be featured on News and Observer, Charlotte Observer, and all over Twitter. It's the best coverage you can get. There it is. That's, uh, <laughs> I love it every time. Just right. thanks yeah. for coming on. We we'll look forward to getting you next week. See y'all next week. All right, take care. And guys, we've been so lucky to have uh, just two phenomenal um, high school kids come on. Uh, 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 Leanne saw a, a young lady the other day, great. She wants to get on. Uh, Sammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so they, they, they do a great job. Shout out to the Congressman Sports Network. I mean, I thought that's something that's pretty cool that these kids you know, started their opportunity to get in broadcasting at a young age. So definitely something I like and, and we're blessed to have with them. So hey, look, get her, hey, get in touch with her. Absolutely. Well, now is the portion of the show when you guys end up on message boards and all that kind of stuff and, and we had to get to have a little bit of fun. It's time for, let me put Alex in the right spot. We're going to let Alex start his fire and then we're going to get to all the games and rankings and all that good stuff. So everybody hang on. This is the first and the last time I want to discuss this. At the same time, we all know that earlier this year, a football game in Rowan County was stopped due to violence. And this past Friday, the Hillside at Dudley game in Greensboro was stopped due to similar circumstances. I want to reiterate that in both circumstances, that competing student athletes and coaches had absolutely zero to do with these situations. At the same time, when circumstances like this arise and external situations cause games to be canceled, 
beyond the outcome of the game being cemented before the student athletes who had nothing to do with this are penalized one way, penalized some, some get the benefit of a win about which they don't want to gloat. Then you have circumstances, including halftime shows where our wonderful, musically inclined, talented students are prevented from performing in a flash for not, something with which they had absolutely nothing to do. So for all of these circumstances right here, I just want to throw it out. When is it time to empty the stadium and let the teams play? Are we to the point where we start want to look where we want to start looking at playing on Saturday? Because this is just absolutely ridiculous. We're having things that are determined because of what happens outside a stadium. Student athletes and coaches have nothing to do with this. We're cutting opportunities for our fine artisans who like to participate, who bring music and dance and cheer, and they have nothing to do with it. And they come expecting that their hard work is going to be showcased and it gets extinguished because no one had anything to do with it. So are we to the point of it's time to play on front? Is it time to play at right. empty stadiums? Is it time to play on Saturdays? Let's throw it out there. I want to hear from the guru on this one. Man, I don't think you guys are ready for my take on this. Uh, I am. probably not going to be a very popular one. I think the, the people that are out there causing these issues just need to get their butts and stay at home and, and don't bring your violence to high school stadiums where there's kids or student athletes, there's parents, there's fans. There's people out there trying to enjoy everything that embodies everything good about high school sports. So, so you know, take take your 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 violence and take it elsewhere. Or, or fine, just read a book, do something else other than getting violent. Now, now to address Alex's question, you know, I do think that at some schools maybe and, and, and I don't want to say which ones, you know, because you just don't know. Uh, but maybe there's some instances whether you know that there could be a potential threat. Maybe you do play the game in the daylight. Maybe you play it on a Thursday. Maybe you play it on a Saturday. You know, I hate that because I think it takes away from everything good about high school football. Uh, but Alex is right. You know, this has just got out of hand, you know, when all of a sudden you put the safety of those participants, uh, the referees, the officials, the students, everybody in that stadium all of a sudden are in danger. you got to do something to protect them. You know, I hate to see the games move, but something's got to happen. Uh, nobody wants to play on Sunday. That's for sure. I mean, sorry, that's for sure. I've seen that in some other communities, and it did not work out well. All right, it's time for our top ten rankings. Dale has a surprise uh, because he was challenged last week because he was talking about we should have an overall top ten period, and we're going to let Alex do his, and I'm going to let drop Dale and let let Dale do his. But Alex, you got it on the backside. All right, let's talk games of the week. Ten games. No, no, we're talking, we're talking rankings here. Rankings, rankings, rankings. Okay, got you there. Let's talk rankings here. All right, the 1A rankings, we saw a little bit of shuffling here and there with some teams that lost and get some good competition. Uh, Tarbar up, back up to the top uh, once again. Tarbar has four rushers who've uh, rushed for over 20, uh, at least 23 carries and over 123 yards each. Tarbar surpassed 1,000 rushing yards as a team this past season with that stable of backs. So the beat goes on for Tarboro, and we see the usual teams there, Robbinsville and Mitchell, uh, competitive schedules all the way around. These teams are playing tough games, but uh, good stuff all the way around. The beat goes on for Tarboro, and it's stable of running backs. All right, let's look at the two-way. Don't sleep on those Albemarle Bulldogs, Alex. Keeping them, Keep them in mind. Agreed, absolutely. Same thing in the 2A classification, some tough losses here and there. Wallace Rosehill goes from one to four. 
but a tough loss to a very good 4A Leesville Road team. Burns had a, a tough loss uh, to Kings Mountain last Friday. I mean, quality setbacks right there, but that's just why you see the shuffling right there. East Surrey always in the mix, uh, contending for championships. Once again, we talked about, and obviously you see Shelby dropped out at the 0-3, but as we talked about earlier, they're uh, wait, wait, I, I got one quick question for the guru. Can any of these team teams beat Shelby in the playoffs? No, yeah, I think um, maybe Monroe, maybe Wallace Rose Hill in Reedsville. I mentioned that earlier, and obviously Burns. I think Burns is really good. Uh, you know the rest of these teams, I think they're pretty much uh, pretenders. Uh, Salisbury, I don't think, is a top-10 team. You know, they're, they're, I just think you got the haves and the have-nots, and I think Shelby is just in – you know, they're a 3A or 4A school. You know, they're just who they are. Yeah. Okay, let's take a look at the three, Alex. All right, a 3A classification, Kings Mountain with the convincing shutout of Burns last week in the Cleveland County game of the week. That's all. Cleveland County is just always exciting. We know that. Havelock rolling on. Havelock getting ready for a clash with Newburn next Friday, the 16th. That'll be very, very good. Uh, Eastern Alamance, 71st of South Point, just continuing on there. Uh, great parity and depth in this classification, as always, with Kings Mountain leading the way with what they've done. So everyone's following Cleveland County right now. Dale, did Chris surprise you coming back on Shelby like that and putting up 54 points? <laughs> it was a surprise considering how far down they were, yeah. yeah. But it was a surprise that they were down early, so. That was the type yeah, are, of comeback. Are we surprised in high school? Yeah, that's the kind of comeback that can portend the bigger things. Before we get to the fight club, as Grice says, we're going to take a look at our debut of the private school rankings. Alex, what you got? Uh, Providence Day in what clearly was the game of the week in the state this past Friday. Quintessential example of nobody lost the game. Providence Day won the game. Providence Day had to make three perfect plays in the last minute. It had to be a perfect toss by Jaden Davis. It had to be a perfect, perfect positioning and a perfectly timed jump by Jaden Holler and then convert the extra point. I mean, three perfect plays in the last minute to win that game by one point. Providence Day won. Charlotte Catholic did not lose. And then you have, once again, the... Charlotte Independent Schools Fight Club with Christian and Latin right there. Uh, Christ School Ravenscroft uh, going from Asheville to Raleigh there. Just a great mix of teams who will continue to be in the championship take, uh, chase. That, but that chase certainly runs through Charlotte. Yeah, Providence Day and Christian could play twice. Uh, once in the regular season, I think it's the last game of the year, and then in the playoffs too. So that mentioned. All right, let's check out Grice's favorite one, the Fight Club. Uh, East Forsyth and Grimsley both had buys this week, so hard to make some moves there. And both of them are legit, as they have shown. Chambers and Huff carrying their conference's banner once again. Newburn in the East, as I mentioned, getting ready for that big clash with uh, Havelock in Craven County next Friday, the 16th. And then you have the uh, cluster from the Greater Triangle area, Cleveland rolling right along. Uh, Wake, Forest, Wake Forest and Cardinal Gibbons are going to play this Friday in Raleigh. Uh, Cardinal Gibbons getting that first win this past Friday over Richmond County, that 31 nothing shutout that we spoke of earlier this week. The uh, Cardinal Gibbons, uh, that's a third straight win over Richmond by Cardinal Gibbons, just unprecedented. You haven't had Nick Drew yet today. 
Uh, yes, uh, Nick Drew has uh, the uh, defensive coordinator for Cardinal Gibbons has recorded seven shutout quarters in Gibbons's last twelve versus yeah. Richmond County. Three consecutive wins. So, I mean, the success that Nick Drew has enjoyed as a defensive coordinator against Richmond is very rare. I won't say it's unprecedented, but it's very, very rare. And just once Absolutely. again, speaks to the fact that no one wants to line up against Nick Drew's defense. Uh, <laughs> great opportunity in terms of Wake Forest. Their defense has been very, very stingy this season. Uh, hasn't given up any more than eight points in its three in any of his three games thus far i don't think the first team defense has been scored on yet they haven't been scored on before the fourth quarter yet so that gibbons rate forest game should be very good that sounds like the way Forest seems of old guru what do you think about these rankings as you've seen them not just in four but all the way through but you know i was pretty big on east for sight to begin the season and i still think that uh coach todd willard's uh team is going to be really good although i don't think they're the best team in the state right now i did early a few weeks ago i still think it's chambers and everybody else despite the loss uh and i think that east forsyth might be number two um i, I would venture to say cardinal gibbons is still right up there in third or fourth as well i don't care again about the losses that don't bother me at all i think when it comes down to to you know hard times in late November, early December, you know, I want to put my money behind a Cardinal Gibbons team. This Grimsley team, I'm, I'm not real high on them. I just don't know. They, I, I want to see something from them. I think Wake Forest is really underrated. Um, you know, everybody else, I just think that there is a huge dividing line between the big teams and the little teams. And after about that top four or five, I think there is a huge, huge drop off. And, and I think our champion will most likely come from a, an Easter site, a Chambers, a Huff, um, and a Cardinal Gibbons, and maybe Rawlsville. I'm gonna tell you, don't sleep on Pinecrest. I keep saying that. Yeah, you say that every week. All those people that were in the DMs last week talking, getting mad at us because Cardinal Gibbons was still in the poll. I want you to, I want you to quote what Chris just said. The number one voice of high school football. What he just said. I want you to quote that. All right. Last week, um, the guys, Chris, you weren't here, but the guys were getting on Dale, and Dale was getting on the guys about the rankings. And Dale said we should have the top ten overall ranking. Alex went ballistic, said we shouldn't. I thought it'd be fun to let Dale go ahead and do it. And let's see what he came up with. Would you do this? Not really my top 10. It's a combination of a number of people. Um, some of these I would have put in, or I did put in different areas. But uh, as you can see, I, I think they it pretty much, well, actually, we didn't have. If you took uh, Alex's tops from each of his classifications, you're probably going to see all the same teams in here. Uh the only uh, exception, of course, being uh, Providence Day, but then he did have them uh, in his number one in his uh, privates. Uh, I think Providence Day is a little bit better than 10. I, I probably think they're somewhere around five, uh, five to okay, six. Okay, so wait, so if, if, if this was truly Dale's top 10, Providence Day would be five, and who would be one? Who would be one? Yeah. I would still keep uh, East Forsyth one right okay, now. I, I think, it's, I think that's a real close. Well, I think that's a real close call between right, right. East Forsyth and Chambers. It's uh, 
it'll be interesting to see if those two get to uh, face each other. Uh, yeah. That'll be interesting. A, that'll where be that, a really where that game will be played is going to be a, a big deal too. All right, Chris, exactly. haven't seen this. What do you think? I like it. I think Dale did a, a good job with this. Uh, again, I, I think Chambers is just on a little bit of a different level right now. Albeit, I think East Forsyth is still kind of right there in the mix. Uh, again, I'm Newburn. That running game, Newburn, really good. Huff, really good. AC Reynolds, you know, they've been going up uh, in their stock in my book. Uh, really yeah. well, but I, I'm just going to keep saying it again right now, loud to clear so anybody can hear me. I, I'm not going to sleep on Cardinal Gibbons. I think they're right there, top two, top three. I mean, they're they're just as good. That early season losses don't bother me at all. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, neither Cardinal Gibbons can't beat Hickory Ridge right now. <laughs> according, according in, in what way? In, in any way on the football field this year. How, how, how is Hickory Ridge going to get past Nick Drew's defense? I don't think I don't think Nick Drew's defense could beat Charlotte Catholic this year. They're just they're going to be better. They're a good team, but they're not the team of last year. Now they could get better later on, but right now, if if they played Charlotte Catholic, they would lose. If they played Hickory Ridge, they will lose. Hickory Ridge can compete with Chambers. You'll see that Friday night. Like they will. I, I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen that yet. The they, they, you they, real, you gotta, the other thing you got to realize is Nick Drew's defense returns seven starters from that unit last year. Well, now the fact that same unit, that same unit Chambers ran right through. And nobody in this world there no rain to stop. ever expected. Nobody in this world ever expected that Cardinal Gibbons defense to hold Chambers without a touchdown in last year's state final. It was nobody a expected a rainstorm either. Hey all y'all Western guys can't jump on the Eastern guy. That's a I just want to throw a caveat out to what Sam's right. Sam is right to a lot, a huge degree about Gibbons. But let me tell you why. If Gibbons was located in Charlotte, North Carolina, they probably would have a much uh, harder road. But because geographically speaking, they are where they are, they've got a much easier road to the championship game come uh, December, and and they're going to still be there. And I just like the way they're going to age. They get better week after week after week, mm -hmm. and they're still going to be a formidable state championship contender because of where they're at. Now I'll say it right here in front of everybody: If Cardinal Gibbons was in the Queen City and they had to line up every week against Mallory Creek, Huff, um, Chambers, and and the likes of those, the Hickory Ridge, uh, I'll even say some other teams out there. You know, Providence. You know, they. I think they would have a harder time going week after week after week against that quality of team because that's what the difference between Charlotte and Raleigh football right now. And I'd could like they make, to see could they all make the Charlotte-Mecklenburg area teams line up against Nick Drew's defense week after week after week. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Drew's a great defense. Sam, you yourself said last week that if Nick Drew accomplished what he did, that it would be the greatest thing you've seen from a defensive coordinator. It was. It was good. We got to come back with game discussion. Let's table that and get What you got, Alex? All right, we got uh, 10 games. Yes, that Wake Forest at Cardinal Gibbons game and a battle of defenses right there. And it was uh, Nick Drew's defense that <laughs> held Wake Forest under 10 points last year and another big win. So uh, we look forward once again. I mean, it was that same deep. It was Nick Drew's defense that stopped Wake Forest's 45-game winning streak in 2019. 
So a uh, great game there. Uh, this Charlotte Latin and Forest Hills game, a great opportunity for Forest Hills to make a statement. Forest Hills is 3-0 and for the first time in more than 20 years, and that's due in large part to the prowess of Forest Hills defensive coordinator Frank Toms III. Frank Toms III's defense has yielded seven points in each of Forest Hills' three wins. Forest Hills hadn't experienced this much success since Frank Toms was a player at Crest and helped them to the 2010 state final. So kudos to Frank Toms and his defensive unit at Forest Hills and the opportunity they have this week. Moving right along, Pinecrest and Grimsley, two teams who we know are going to be in the mix on the east and west side. Ardrick Hale Weddington, we talked a little bit about that there. Uh, Southwest Edgecombe and Tarboro, the function at the junction. Always a great county rivalry right there. Uh, Jack Britton, Scotland, Richard Bailey uh, hosting his former team which uh, basically gave away the 2008 state championship to Richmond. And I mean, that still bothers him uh, to the day. Uh, Pisgah, Swain County, if you want to go to the mountains, uh, the Pisgah community doing a great job recovering from the flooding of the last year or so. Always good. Uh, anything that can bring that community together to celebrate and a good trip to uh, Bryson City, which is always a great game environment. Chambers at Hickory Ridge, we talked about that. Watauga, uh, which has had several statement wins, including one against Mitchell last week, uh, going to Burns, who's part of that uh, Cleveland County uh, Competition Club. That'll be a great game. Uh, Rollsville at Hillside. Obviously, Rollsville wants to continue to prove and get proving its worth. Hillside wants to get a win through a whole game because even though it looks like Hillside is uh, going to be declared the winner from that unfortunate situation with Dudley last week with which the teams had nothing to do but Hillside not wanting to gloat about that at all wanting to make a statement on the field so that'll be a great triangle area game absolutely that's one game you didn't have on your list it's at least a big game around Charlotte and Gary wanted to talk about this game and it involves Grice I'm curious to get Grice's reaction Gary talking about Cox Miller Huff. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to to seeing Grice, uh, the offense coordinator Cox Mill, and and uh, Coach Bird, who both were at Hopewell uh, a couple years ago, going against Huff. And they're both great coaches. They were just undermanned at Hopewell. Now they have some players to work with, and I'm interested in in the chess match between Grice. And Chachi, the defensive coordinator at Huff, I think that guy is phenomenal. I he has a plan for everybody they play. Uh, I think they outplayed Chambers for a game in three fourths last year, and and they just didn't finish in the last two minutes. I think he is a phenomenal defensive coordinator, and and I want to see what Grice can do against him now that he has some weapons at Cox Mill. All right, I want to get camera thoughts on this too. Cam, what you got? Yeah, Grice, I hope you uh, prove me wrong, but I think Huff's got you know way too many weapons offensively. I think that game, you know, it could it could be close early, but I don't think it will be. You know, when when the clock. Well, you got me glad you're on TV. We're not in the studio today. Grice, <laughs> what are you going to do? This is my, my my <laughs> the new guy calling you out, Grice. The new guy. Shot with nobody else on the screen, <laughs> so you can respond to that man going at your neck like that. 
Nah, man, it, it's nothing to respond. I mean, I think, you know, again, we all know the guys on the other side very well. With my head coach, Deshaun Baker, being the OC um, at Huff for a good while. I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be an interesting game. I've told a lot of people, even in our chat, I've said, I, I think so far this year, this has been one of Chachi's best jobs um, with a lot of young guys on that defense and still upholding that to the same standard um, that he's held, you know, a lot of his defenses to in the past few years. So it's going to be a good game. But, I mean, I love the opportunity for our guys to go against a big-time talent. But, you know, we've just been preaching our guys all week to just, you know, again, you've got to, you know, raise yourself to the level of, of the opponent that you play. And I, I think that this is going to be a great opportunity to see what we can do against a big-time Coach speak, coach speak. Tell us how you really feel, Bryce. Tell us how you really feel, Bryce. That's gonna be a big game. Bryce, Bryce, the might never want to talk about it, but I know who does. Hey, Cameron, 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 Cameron. I want to tell you something, and 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 I like you. You're coming up. You're going to be the next guru one of these days. I promise you. But you just made Coach Baker. Coach Grice, they are loving you right now, man. They are loving you because your picture, your likeness, your video, everything you're saying is going to be plastered on the wall over there at Cox Mill High School. They are eating this up right now. Uh, so, hey, uh, I might agree with you. But just your presentation of how you said, hey, they're loving you. I'm just telling you, man. That's cool. I, love, I love it. I love, how, I love how Cameron comes out. I just, you know, yeah, earlier you like the have we had two young – we have two young, talented people. They weren't talking about Cameron. Cameron's just an older, talented person. I know he looks young, but he is not a high school student. Um, yeah, right, right, why are we bringing that back up? No. <laughs> Cameron, Cameron goes after everybody, and I love it. I love, I, it. I love, I love that it. out of the young man. I, he's becoming my new favorite person on the show. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. All right, so all these games we talked about, there's one game that Grice picked out is the game of the week. is that one and we got a chance to talk to the two coaches so i'm gonna drop that and then we'll come back a little discussion we're running heavy i'm sorry guys with us. but uh we're gonna drop the coaches and uh we'll start with jupiter wilson um i don't know if you need a signature win but i definitely think it's on the table for us you know since i've been at hickory ridge and even in girls basketball um probably just been right on the cusp i would probably say we had it when um we'd be independent from a basketball standpoint and then in football uh, probably haven't had that quote unquote what everybody would say the signature deal, um, but I do think it's it's important for our guys to understand. Hey, if we want to be uh, a great team or considered a great team, we got to go out and beat the best teams. How big a deal is it that you guys aren't going to be intimidated? You know, Chambers kind of has that aura about them when they come play people. It's kind of seven or fourteen up before the game starts. You guys aren't afraid of them. No, that's the one thing I will say. A lot of teams, uh, when they step off the bus or whatever the case may be, uh, maybe a little intimidated, maybe a little scared, whatever, how that goes. But I will say with my guys, there's no intimidation factor there. They're looking forward to the games. And that was even last year. Um, and I believe that actually started uh, when we played them in JV two years ago. Um, and this same group of kids beat them, I think it was like 28 to nothing. So, um, you know, those, those kids aren't going to be in intimidated. How big a deal is it to have it at home again? I think it's important. I actually said that uh, this morning when we had our coaches meeting, just uh, from our standpoint, you know, our fans, our crowd, uh, all that good stuff behind us. You know, we played them uh, last year in the uh, regular season was over there and uh, our kids played well once they kind of settled in and say, hey, we're going to um, 
just go out there and play. And then the second time I thought we were ready to play and our, our kids were, and that touchdown we gave right before the half, man, it was um, thought we were fine. And then we get to halftime, you can see uh, some of the juice was gone for whatever reason, tied up 14, 14. And then in the second half kind of laid ahead, even after stopping them um, that first series. All right. Grice is going to give his three keys to victory on the show. What are, what are Jupiter Wilson's three keys? What do you guys have to do to beat Chambers? Uh, number one, we we have to uh, not turn the ball over. We can't or minimize it. Uh, number two, we have to play um, disciplined football. And what is what I mean by that is the penalties, uh, things that we can control. And then number uh, three, we just got to be in the moment in, in those tight situations. We're probably going to have one um, on that Friday night. And just when those moments come, we just got to go out there and execute because all the other stuff, being physical, being mentally tough, all those things that, you know, coaches are going to talk about as it relates to um, a game like this. I know our kids are going to be ready to go and, and doing all those things. So I would put those three things that I just said above uh, would be the key for us personally. All right. So as rebuttal, Grice and uh, Gary got a chance to talk to uh, Brandon Wiggins over at uh, Chambers. We'll check in there. Coach, good. You know, we've been following it so far. This great start to this season. Of course, you know, tough loss. Uh, Jahalen Springs, bounce back, great bounce back win versus Glenn. Can you talk about that bounce back and just even for you, you know, being new there at uh, Julius Chambers, how you handled that with the kids and came back with a really good win over probably a playoff bound uh, Glenn High School team? Um, the biggest thing, just focusing on us. Um, I felt like the Highland Spring uh, game, we had opportunities. Um, you know, get to get off on third downs and score in the red zone and just really uh keening in on those those fine details. Um, I think from the 2020 we're playing good, but it's just no special situations we gotta work on. So the practice plan was to uh, make sure that we we implement, you know, um toughness in a sense. We had tough Tuesdays, um and it, it just coning in on just situations um overall to help us uh get get, get through hard games like that. Uh how 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 spring is gonna be a playoff team, they'll finish top, you know, two or four in that state in the state, and we expect to do the same. So just make sure that, you know, hey, this is where we're at right now. Um, this is what we need to improve at. And um, just uh, honing in on those fine details as we moving forward. Oh, I agree 100%. So, you know, now, you know, coming up against Hickory Ridge, I feel like with this schedule, again, it gives you no favors. You face top, you know, teams. Another one coming up as, as the Cream of Cabarrus, number one ranked Hickory Ridge Uh you know, Raging Bulls, what do you look at going into this game? They've got a lot of top talent. You know, what is your focus and mindset going into this to try to ensure you get the victory heading into conference play? Um, just matchups. Uh, I think Hickory Ridge, Coach Wilson, does a really good job with that program. He's done he's, he's done so for the last three to four years. Um, so biggest thing, just matchups, keying in on matchups. Um, I'm anticipating the rain, so just putting those players through those type of situations. Um, so, hey, it's going to be wet on Friday. It's going to be muddy. So we're not going to be able to do – um, things that we, we're normally doing um, as far as, like, outflanking and try to get out on the perimeter. Um, we're going to have to pretty much grind it out this week. So that's kind of the plan. That's kind of how we're, how we're going into the game. And um, hopefully we'll come out victorious Friday. Coach, I remember a couple of years ago when uh, Coach Farabee got the job at uh, Vance, now Chambers, uh, and he, he talked about how the, the kids uh, put the culture of, of the program on him. Uh, how has that transition been for you um, moving from your previous school to Chambers? Um, how, how, what have you learned about the culture and, and what have you brought that they have done uh, or they may have done differently in the past? Um, the, 
culture is the culture. Um, Chambers High School, Vance High School, Mud Boys. Um, we are who we are. Um, we're, we're going to be gritty. We're going to be hard nosed. We're going to be tough. Um, Chambers tough. That's a statement. That's uh, that. That's us. Uh, our our team culture is pretty much player led. Uh, we have a really strong senior class. Um, and a lot of times, I don't really have to say much. When I do, when I do put in my input in, it's more so about the details, um, understanding the situation, understand football, and just teaching football um, overall. Hey, in this situation, you know, we're going to do this, in this situation, we want to do that. Um, and that's kind of my role, um, just to really facilitate. We, like I said, it's, it's senior led. Um, the guys are hungry. Uh, you know, to, to get back to where we where, where we have been in the past. And for me, it's just to make sure that we facilitate those things and, and giving them. Uh, practicing those situations in the game, uh, excuse me, practicing those situations in the practice, that way it can trickle down over to the game. Yeah, um, Hickory Ridge is an up-and-coming program. They're looking for a signature win. And if they could beat you on Friday night, that's a signature win for their program. How do you maintain um, the intensity of the, the lit back tour when you've always lit Hickory Ridge? Um, the kids my, I got you for my guys. Um, it, the smallest thing will piss them off. So, um, for me, I, when I do our scout reports, I just look for little things on the internet, whether it's the media, things like that, to kind of get those guys fired up, motivate them. Um, just finding unique ways to keep them, keep them fired up. Um, we understand that we have a target on the back. We always going to have a target on the back with Chambers High School. But at the same time, I feel like the guys are doing a good job of handling that, um, especially going into the game on Friday. All right, Coach Wiggins, man, we are glad to have you on. I know personally I'm excited to see you continue to, to grow and lead this team's success. Harrisburg's going to be rocking Friday night as you're, you guys go up there to face Hickory Ridge. Best of luck to you, Coach, and I'm sure we'll talk to you later on in the season. All right, it's time for Grice to break it down and turn the guys loose. I can't wait to y'all wait to hear what y'all have to say about this game. Mr. Grace, the floor is yours. All right. You know, I think it was pretty easy uh, when looking at the slate of games this week that this would be the game of the week. Uh, you know, again, I, I feel like this has become a rivalry of excellence. I call this as, you know, you have two teams that have been doing extremely well, have met in the playoffs, and, you know, have kind of taken that by scheduling that big-time non-conference game. It's come again. Some of the players and some of the pieces are different. Some are the same. I'm excited to see this edition, though. All right. So why does Hickory Ridge win, Grace? Hickory Wizard will win, excuse me, if the secondary gets takeaways. Crazy stat, I talked to Jupiter even to confirm this as I saw it online. They have zero interceptions so far this year. I don't know how many, out of, out of like your top teams that you have, you know, I don't know how many that you would have to have no takeaways. Um, you know, again, again, this kind of game, we know that Chambers is going to take their shots. You know, their corners, you know, kind of led in secondary by David Stone and Jamari Rogers Freeman. They have to take advantage and win some of those one on one situations. I think this will be a great opportunity for them to get takeaways. If they win, I think you'll point to the fact that they got some takeaways in this game and maybe won the turnover battle. Uh, 
Uh, you look at the second uh, piece there, second step there, Jalen Harris. Again, if I had, you know, polled all you guys to tell me the leading yardage uh, getter as far as for the Hickory Ridge Raging Bulls, everyone in their mama would say Christian Hamilton, but they're actually wrong. It's Jalen Harris. He's had a great season so far, and he has to continue that, you know, and emerge as that elite second option to Christian Hamilton. We know that a lot of attention is going to be on Christian Hamilton, a lot of pressure, a lot of that's going to go on. He's got to have a big game and be a great option for quarterback Caden Haywood to be able to go to him in these times where they're focused on Christian Hamilton. So him having a big game will be essential for them to get the victory. And finally, Caden Haywood's got to be the best quarterback. You know, I think if you watch the last year's regular season game, that was an instant classic. Alex Bentley scrambling and really great, doing a great job of extending the play led them to almost get a chance to win that game. Of course, with Hollywood, Dalen Smothers scoring with, like, I think, about seven seconds left in the regular season game last year. Hayden Haywood's got to be the best guy here. He's got to use a combination of his arm and his legs. You know, we really haven't seen Hickory Ridge emerge with a solid and consistent running game. He's got to be that guy to step up and, and take that man on this game. All right, flip it for me. Tell me why Chambers wins. Bama's got to win. You know, they've got to get key contributions for different players. You know, of course, we don't have the defined injury report as, you know, as, as the professional sports have. But definitely there's been some some talk of guys being game time decisions and maybe some shuffling along on, on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So some different names. I mean, you talk to Zion Booker, Sean Walker with a big performance last week against Glenn. He's going to need to replicate that, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, those corners, uh, Henderson and uh, Rondell Carter got to have big games and be those leaders with some of these guys maybe not exactly being 100% or maybe not even playing in the game. They've got enough talent. They've got guys. Those guys understand they have to be the sole contributor and maybe a big-time contributor in this game. Uh, secondly, you, they've got to shut down Christian Hamilton. I think there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, the, the UNC commit is one of the best receivers that we have in this state, one of the best receivers in this country. If he is allowed to get off and, and do some of the things that we've seen him do in other games, I think that, you know, they're they're going to, you know, have a great chance to win this game. Chambers, no ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, even watching the state championship game and, you know, Cardinal Gibbons doing a great job of taking shots on these corners. If I'm Jupiter Wilson, I've seen that. I understand that these young corners, while they're growing for Chambers, They've got to, you know, continue to shut down Christian Hamilton. Um, and finally, they've got to win the turnover battle. I, I think that Hickory Ridge, you know, again, they, as we talked about, the minute, you know, the low number of takeaways that they've had. Chambers, again, even with their defense, we know the defense isn't, you know, what they've been in the past. But I think that secondary is, is you know, if healthy, is, is a pretty active and pretty good secondary with a couple of D1 guys there and another, you know, a few guys that I think that are going to have that opportunity to make some plays. So I, I think it's going to be a great game. I think that Chambers, of course, is going to be favored. But Hickory Ridge is going to have to play the game of their life, I think, to come out on top. Chris, what do you think? I think Kirker Ridge is going to play the game of their life, and I think it's going to be one heck of a barn burner type of game. I think the atmosphere is going to be electric. I think that Chambers is going to have to come in, and they're going to have to weather a storm, and, and they're going to have to play Chambers football. You know, they're going to have to do the things that they do because uh, it might be an ugly game at times for them. But I think ultimately come fourth quarter, they're going to find a way uh, to do what they typically do. Uh, but I, and, and I'm not taking anything away from Jupiter and, and the Hickory Ridge team. I mean, they're a phenomenal team, and, and they will be in this game. Uh, but it's going to be a monumental task for them to win this game. They, they may do it. They may not. But I, I think it's going to be worth the price of the ticket. Yeah, Sam, last year Chambers won because they gave the ball to that guy, Hollywood, 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 on that last drive. It's one of the most phenomenal things I saw last year. I know Jupiter's your buddy. You took him to Vegas to the NFL thing. But does, does he really have a chance on Friday night? Yeah, he definitely does. Um, 
you know, I think I think Chambers is phenomenal, but I just think that you're we're underestimating how good Hicker Ridge is. I think this is his best team he's ever had, um, and I think this is going to be a year where you see them late come playoff time where they're making a run as well. I don't know if they're there yet because of the young quarterback, but if he's able to um, be as tough as I know his brother was, I coached his brother. He was a wrestler there, one of the toughest kids at Hickory Ridge. Mm-hmm. And if he has a similar mindset of that of his brother, then he might be ready for this type of game early in the season. So we'll see how it goes. Well, I, I need to correct myself. Jupiter took you to Vegas because he was. Yeah, he took. Yeah, right, let me get. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm riding on. I'm riding on his coattail. That's exactly. <laughs> I got it wrong. Gary, you're a Hickory Ridge guy, <laughs> but uh, I know you want to talk about this game. Uh, and Tim Price says one key to the game is. Chambers needs to control the game by running the ball and limiting Hickory Ridge possessions. Rash, you going for that before I go to Gary? That's the thing. Their linebackers are legit. <laughs> hey, shout, shout out to, to, to Tim Pride and his son, Jalen Pride, who uh, plays running back for, for Chambers. So I definitely think they need to give him the ball. He's an incredible kid. And I think, um, you know, coming off of a major ACL injury, he's going to be a key to, to that running game, in addition to Braylon Vincent. Man, you see that the expertise we have on this show. I just throw something out of He comes with all these facts and figures and stuff. Gary, what you got, man? This, this is your game. Yeah, um, you know, Jupiter talked about how uh, he didn't think they need a signature win, and I disagree. They're the kings of Cabarrus County. Uh, They whoop up on teams in Union Union County, and they can beat the mediocre teams in Mecklenburg County. But if you want to be recognized as one of the top programs in the state, you got to go through Mecklenburg County against the teams that have that winning tradition and culture such as Chambers and, and Huff and, and Mallet Creek and Butler. And when Hickory Ridge has played those type of teams, they found a way to keep it close, but then they lose in the end. And I, I think the key will be for them to be uh, to play with emotion but not be emotional. Um, sometimes kids can get too high and it leads to penalties, uh, it leads to mental errors, and I think they need to make sure that they play with emotion, meaning intensity, without being emotional. And then the other key, when Hickory Ridge has lost these games, is usually been at the end of the first half, start of the third quarter. Um, they have got to learn how to close out quarters um, and get off to a good start in the second half. Um, and Sam Hughes, uh, likes to say, and and it, it rings true to me, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And it's time for Hickory Ridge to step up and beat a quality opponent. You know, dominating Union County and Cabarrus County only gets you respect in Union County and Cabarrus County. Are they going to let you get a hot dog in the concession stand on Friday? You, you, you might be paying. Hey, I'm, I'm just facking, man. It, it's time to win. Those kids have been together, uh, his senior class, for four years, and it's time for them to get a sing- signature win. And this is the opportunity. Also, it has long-term consequences because, you know, I think they'll dominate their conference once they get to conference play. But now you're looking at seeding in the second and third rounds um, where you're going to play those games. What are you not buying? I don't. I don't disagree that they're the favorite in that conference, but I don't think that it's the cakewalk that maybe Gary's going to say dominate. <laughs> that guy I right for that that team, I think Lake Norman is much better than you think they are. 
And and I I just think that that is a sneaky better conference than you think they are. Now, with that being said, I still think Hickory Ridge that they're up there. You know, the other guys are right here. Even A.L. Brown, they're not terrible. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Hickory Ridge is going to win conference. I mean, they're 14 points better than everybody else right now. But I think that Cox Mill – and I well, think you guys are the material left and right. We've, 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 put, the, hey, we've put the money where the mouth is when it comes to I'll take that 14 points. Before I come into every last word on this, Cameron, do you have something else you want to piss somebody off about tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think Gary said it best. Uh, you know, Hickory Ridge will win that conference, but like, like you said, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And, you got to get that statement win. They got a great opportunity Friday. Glad I get to go out there and cover that game. But yeah, I mean they're they're the odds-on favorite to win the Greater Metro 4A. But you know they they got to get that statement win. Yeah, and we, and we also have a pre a prequel. You know, with KC representing NC State and, and Christian representing Carolina. Who got the best receiver? Who who signed the best receiver? Now, now I want to I want to mention this. Like right here, I think. I'm challenging. I think the, the difference in the game is strictly like I think the main critical part of this game is who rises up. Is it KC or is it Christian Hamilton? And if you made me bet that right now, I would say KC rises up more. That's what I think the difference in the is game KC is. Is KC going to play, Grace? <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not. I have no well, clue whether he is or not. I, 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 I wouldn't see him not playing. I'll say that. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, but like Christian Hamilton, Christian Hamilton needs to be able to come out of this game and just want to put it on his back and be able to make big plays because he's a talented, talented receiver and he has that capability. But I could see him, you know, not demanding the ball. And I think KC is the opposite. We're like, you better that going to give me the ball. And they're going to put KC back there in the Wildcat and give him the ball. Before I come to Dale Cameron, real quick, 30 seconds. Yeah, uh, one of Grice's keys was that Caden Haywood has to be the best quarterback on the field. That's a very tall task. I, I don't think there's any way that he can outshine Bubba this week. But, um, you know, if he played the way he did against uh, Charlotte Catholic, he's got a very good chance, you know, to do that. But uh, Bubba Camp's going to be ready. Bubba looked mighty relaxed when he came on show earlier today. Dale, are you buying any of this? Hickory Ridge is the favorite in the greater metro. Hickory Ridge needed this as a statement win. Hickory Ridge being there in the fourth quarter. I think uh, as far as the game's concerned, Hickory Ridge has a chance in this game. Um, I think it, if they both play their best game, it's going to be a very competitive game, but it's a Chambers game. Uh, Chambers has the uh, potential of making uh, discipline errors, and that's where uh, I think one of the places that Hickory Ridge is going to need to come to play, uh, take advantage of those. They need to maybe take a, a chance uh when they get into the red zone, but they're also going to need to get points. I think uh, yeah. if Chambers doesn't play their a game and Hickory, Hickory Ridge does Hickory Ridge. I, I think one place um, Hickory Ridge definitely has an advantage is in the kicking game. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah. I, I got to give Brandon Wiggins some credit though. Chambers has, they had a bunch of penalties week one, but they've seemed to clean it up a, a little bit more. The last couple of weeks, I know that's been a big. That was a problem in the state championship game. It was a problem in the playoffs uh, for them in the past. So, if they can keep the penalties down, I think that's going to help them dramatically against uh, Hickory Ridge. But it should be a great game. We got to go to fresh faces before these people texting me get mad, and we'll come back with Coach Ridge. Coach.
to our crop of fresh faces. First guy being Jason Hurts of Porter Ridge. He's a senior, 245-pound defensive tackle. Got to point out the grades. Has a 4.5 GPA. Also has an offer from App State. Coach, what do you see in Jason? Well, one thing is App State can use him right now. Do you see App State's defense on, on Saturday? <laughs> they can use a good defensive tackle. Yes, they can. I did not see their defense on Saturdays. I don't think anyone did. But, again, this kid here looks very aggressive, somebody that you've got to account for. I mean, I think that's always, as an offensive guy, you know, you look for guys on the run game that you have to account for and make sure your offensive linemen know each week, make sure you have a hat on him. And a guy this tough, I mean, he's going to be somebody that you have to look out for. And I think App State's going to be lucky to have him. Might use him sooner than we think. Yeah, and, and the thing about D linemen, when you have a dominant D lineman, that also helps your linebacker play because the offensive linemen are, have to stay engaged on the double team and they can't get to the second level. So that's a big integral part of a team's defense is being able to have a D lineman who can eat up blocks. Oh, I agree. Let's move to the next one. We have Jarek Potoski here, quarterback for the new school in CMS Palisades High School. He threw for 394 yards and six touchdowns in his second game ever starting versus Calhoun Falls out of South Carolina and Palisades' first win in school history. Coach, talk about this new young quarterback here. Hey, that's an awesome job. You know, everybody around him is new together, and, and congratulations to Coach Simmons on his first win. But, you know, they're two weeks into the season, and to get a play like that, they have a sound building block to begin with, a good foundation for a new program. Oh, I agree, Coach. And I think, you know, a lot of things you like here, him being in the pocket, throwing even when he sees pressure, especially being on, on the smaller side so far, him having that toughness and really showing that grit in the pocket is going to be necessary as they get into their tougher test in the conference play and some of those big teams that they may be undermanned against, uh, you know, with the, the lack of seniors in the program. He's a great guy to grow and build with, though. So we look forward to see what he can do going forward. All right, let's move to the next guy. Here's Elijah Sellers out of North Mecklenburg. Again, we've got a freshman here. Plays both sides of the ball. He's playing up on varsity as well at 5'8", 150. Plays receiver and a little bit of DB. Coach, I know we don't have a lot on him being a freshman, but the fact that we do have something on him lets you know he's going to be primed for big-time ball soon. What do you see, Coach? Yeah, and, and I've always said when, when a kid can go both ways, he makes himself more recruitable to, to colleges, but – Rarely do you find a freshman in an established program that goes both ways. So this kid must be really special if he can play offense and defense as a ninth grader. Agreed. Following the footsteps you know, of his older brother, actually, Ethan Sellers, that played DB at North Mech, now uh, is playing D2 football. So someone definitely to look out for. Uh, let's get to our last guy here, uh, Zane Williams out of Wake Forest. Again, Wake Forest is 3-0. Uh, Coach Reggie, Reggie Lucas keeps them going well. Uh, he's has averaging about 10 tackles per game. He's 5'11", 205 pounds, and is a junior linebacker. Coach, what do you see from this guy? He's got to be that reason Wake Forest is 3-0 again. Yeah, he, he makes plays. Look like he, he's on special teams here. Um, he looks like he's the leader of a, a defense that's always very good. Uh, and he's standing out in a program that's already very good. Oh, I agree. And I think you pointed out special teams, being able to do it. We've already seen him on kick returns, seen him block a punt. We see what he's able to do, you know, of course, in his natural role on the defensive side of the ball. That relent relentless nature, again, is something that's integral to Wake Forest. And I think, you know, that defense, of course, as we know, Reggie Lucas has always kept a mean one. Looks like he's following in line with some of the other uh, linebackers they've had in the past.
Oh man, call me sleeping right here. Hey, uh, man, it has been a heck of a night, but it has been a long time since the three of us got in this cage and got ready for the cage match that we're about to do here tonight. Coach versus Coach, let's lock the door, man. Welcome to another edition of I don't know if it's the five-hour energy, if it's the Starbucks, the Dunkin' Donuts, or this sun drop right here, but you can't see it because of the green screen. Uh, but, man, I have been uh, waiting for this coach versus coach, man. It's been a long time. You know, I've, I've kind of been on this semi-retirement for a while. Uh, but here we are back at it again uh, going into this big week. Uh, Grice, Griner, uh, who, who's going first today? Grice, always, I defer. Grice always receives. I've been taking a lot of L's in real football right now, so it's, it's nice to get a couple of doves in this. All right. Uh, well, Coach Grice, uh, this first question is for you. Will multiple December All-Star games water things down, or is this good? Coach Grice, you're up. Yeah, I, I don't think it waters it down. I think you're seeing a situation, you know, and, and I think it's funny. I mean, we, we're going to talk about Luke Bailey here in a second, and I think that's a, a, such a great example of, like, where we are versus – you know, kind of where, you know, we've been as a, you know, kind of as a, a recruiting nature or whatever. Like, that's not a kid that's a four-star recruit that's going to Oklahoma, that's going to all these places. I think having these different, you know, all-star games allows a kid like a Luke Bailey, who is a phenomenal high school athlete, that's without question, one of the best in our state. He's not on any recruiting rankings or anything like that, but a kid like that deserves to go to an all-star game, deserves to be at an East-West or whatever, you know, that that is going on in December. May not have the hoopla that's a lot of those players from the Shrine Bowl has, but he needs to be at a place to where he can, you know, at a place where it deserves, where he can shine. No, I'd have to agree. I can't disagree with that. Anytime you have an opportunity where you have players that get an extra chance where people, coaches can come see them, that might give them an opportunity to, to get scholarships. I think it's a good thing. And I don't think it's too watered down yet. I think that everybody that's doing these are doing a really good job. Uh, I think they're doing a phenomenal job with it. They're paying attention, paying attention to the details and, and doing it right. Uh, they're not charging the kids anything. They're providing them with a lot of service. And uh, I, I really like seeing it. I think it's perfect right now. Uh, I'm going to throw in there. I'm going to agree with both of you, men. Some of them I do know have charged some kids some money. But, you know, that, that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to go into the weeds with that. Uh, but, you know, the Shrine Bowl, you know, they haven't played a game in two years. You know, they're the, they're the granddaddy. Since 1937, they were the – standard when it comes to football but you know i just don't think that's the case now you know i did tv for the carolina bowl last year down in gaffney uh you know obviously the queen city bowl next year when the east west all-star games moves to december i think that is a game changer in and of itself i think that this i think that the crop is wide open to give a lot of these young men a lot of exposure i think this is a good thing i know that that's a non-popular opinion and i'll probably take some hate mail from some of my shriner friends for saying that but it is what it is and i and i like it well, I think I think Shrine Bowl does a great job. I just think that they need to reevaluate themselves and make them more modern. And uh, I think they can still be at the top. Let's <laughs> be honest. No, I think you're right. Definitely. All right, Coach Griner, uh, you're going up first in the second question. Is Milltown's football dead in North Carolina? And will only the city schools rule from now on? Um, no, I don't think it's dead because, you know, like you said, some of the traditions and the games – like of fans showing up, that's still part of football. I think when you're talking about the level of competition, 
it's not dead because there's still programs. And what a program is, is something that has such good tradition, it's hard to beat those type of teams. They might not have as much talent as someone like in Charlotte or, or surrounding areas, but there's something tough to beat a program that's been there, done that they're used to winning. So there's still a place for it, but like I said, the talent level, you know, a lot of colleges are going to come out to the surrounding areas in Charlotte and then nitpick around the other areas. I mean, I, I think it's tough, man. I, honestly, I, I don't know if it's on dead, if it's dead, but I mean, you know, we got the family in here and, you know, we're, we're calling close, you know, the next of kin. I mean, it, it's getting very close. I mean, I, I think you're seeing a situation where you've got guys. I mean, we've seen it. And I'll name it. I mean, we've seen L. Brown, Coach Newsom. We know Coach Newsom's done a fantastic job at L. Brown. And I mean, his coaching career speaks for itself. I mean, you've seen some of the, you know, the trash on these fan boards that have been absolutely destroying in the last few years. You know, and, and it's just one of those situations where, you know, the expectations can't be the same when the neighborhood changes. And, and I think that's, you know, really what it is that doesn't dictate who he is as a coach i mean goodness how he started uh so far this year i mean you got to watch for him i mean he's showing you that no matter what i'm gonna you know i'm gonna make the best out of whatever i have and i think he's doing a great job so it, it's on life support i mean we see with richmond county losing a lot of guys and not being what they were before but i think the biggest problem is is that the expectations don't match the current situation not the fact that the coaches and the kids aren't doing it i mean to give them give like newsom so much credit that he's literally made the bell game are not a game anymore. I mean, he's literally right, sure. how many years. He's, I, I think his winning percentage is the greatest ever at AL Brown for winning the bell. I mean, that's got to go back to even looking at the, you know, the year, I think it was four or five years ago when he lost first loss when Gentry was at Northwest Cabarrus and he lost to central Cabarrus. That was the first time he did that. I think that happened within maybe like 50 years or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I mean, again, the neighborhood changed with Northwest Cabarrus. Then you add another school, you know, with West Cabarrus. I mean, you've got just different places that have popped up and AL Brown isn't, you know, even we're looking at Richmond County. Some of those areas don't have the plethora of talent that they had anymore. And it's no yes. discredit to any of those coaches. But again, it's just the neighborhood's changed. You say you're calling all cousins. What did you say? <laughs> calling next to Ken. You got to call next to Ken, right? <laughs> but, I, but I've got I've got to agree with you, man. You know, I'm sitting right here as we speak, broadcasting from the North Carolina Research Campus, which is on the site of where the big Cannon Mills used to be here in Kannapolis. So, I mean, I have seen firsthand growing up in this town how a mill could move out and just completely change the dynamic of the team or the town, which obviously – forged a, a different path for A.O. Brown High School. You know, I've seen it down in Richmond County, uh, Bertie High School out there in the eastern part of the state in Windsor. You know, it comes to mind, a big mill town. Burlington Cummings, huge mill town, mill team back in the day. Uh, but there is one mill team. In fact, uh, they still have on their jerseys, it says mill town, and that is Pisgah High School. That is the one mill town that I don't think is ever going anyway going away uh paper mill there in town you know that is that town that is their team uh so uh we will continue to see that one mill team go strong it may be the only one hanging on but i think we'll continue to see that uh final question goes coach christ so uh, you're going up uh, again uh providence luke's uh providence luke bailey had 429 yards nine touchdowns friday where do you think that ranks here in the all-time list in north carolina man it, it's up there i mean i know we talked i think what is it 13 maybe overall um, I, you know, for me, I look at it as just, you know, one of the biggest performances that we've seen. I think a lot of it just being that, you know, he didn't play for the, for a super, you know, a great team. I mean, you know, let's, let's keep it honest. I mean, Providence isn't a state championship contender, 
nine-win team this year and to see that performance of a guy. And, again, we look, look at the guys on that list. You're talking Elijah Hood. You're talking Daryl Vereen. I mean, you're talking guys that played big-time ball and either made it to the pros you know, or you know, ha- had a very good opportunity to do so. This kid isn't that in that regard as far as the recruitability is co- you know, comparable to those two men. But to see a guy like that have a performance, and he's not playing Sisters of the Poor. I mean, Coach Tim Boyd is going to build that Parkwood team up to be pretty good, and I think they could win three, four, maybe even five games this year. So to do that against a team that isn't – you know, a, a, a horrible team to do that in a situation where you're not an all-time, you know, recruiter or anything like that, and to still enter your name in the record books, I think pound for pound, that's one of the best performances we've ever had or ever seen in the state. And what was the exact carries? Does anybody know the carries for the 429? 36, maybe? 36? Yeah, yep. As much crap as I get with the crowd stuff, I've never given them a 36 carries. But um, I'll tell you what, efficiency – Efficiency is amazing. Like watching him run, he's not a burner. He's not a guy that's a four-four guy, but he's very efficient in his running style. Like you said, his jersey was very, very clean at the end of the day. I think that's why it makes it rank so high up because the efficiency of what he did it as. Like he played at the top, the top level he could play at, hundred percent effort. He has a great offensive line, great offensive line coach there. And I think he was able to make plays when he did. You saw him make a couple of stiff arms, a couple of side moves. Just efficiency in that 429 non-touchdowns, I think it ranks really, really up there. And it gives other people a chance to show that you don't have to be a top 100 player in the country to be able to do these type of performances. And it's be looked at as like, you know, something that someone should be like, wow, very proud of because of what he did. I think it's big time, definitely. Yeah, I, I think just uh, from the historical perspective and, and things that I have seen over my 20 or 30 years of being around high school football here in North Carolina, it's certainly up there in, in the in the in the discussion. Uh, he, uh, Luke Bailey, is certainly there. Uh, you know, I, I think of, you know, the gold standard is that performance that T.J. Logan put out there against Charlotte Catholic in the state championship game for Northern Guilford about 10 years ago. That was unbelievable. And while the numbers might not have been the same, uh, up until about the 90s, uh, Nick Maddox's uh, 1997 state championship performance against Northeast Guilford oh, was a, oh. not just a state record, but a Keenan Stadium record, which included oh. all the Tar Heel performances of oh. touchdowns, yards uh, from kick return, punt return, passing, receiving, rushing all in one game. That was a pretty impressive one on a state championship stage. But that T.J. Logan one, man, I mean, yeah, that, that was hard. To, yeah, hard I, to I was at that T.J. Logan game. I was writing my story, and every time I looked up – Y'all would nudge me. He scored again. He scored again. So I'm like late for the deadline. Look at this guy. Touchdown every two seconds. Chris Lee, when he was his first and second year, uh, he threw for 400 and something yards. I mean, people just weren't doing that. Dude. It, that was that was amazing to me. Um, that that was a heck of a performance. I've seen a lot of them, but yeah, 429 is nine touchdowns. I don't care who you playing. That's that's that's, that's a lot. That's that's, that's, that's do that on air sometimes. That's, that's a whole lot. That's a whole lot. Dale, you were in the back, and we were talking about the Shrine Bowl. You had an interesting take. I just want to give you like thirty seconds. Just give us your take on the Shrine Bowl. I assume the take was my comment about uh, the North Carolina Shriners taking the game back yeah. over. Yes, because even at the point of switching, you noticed a. I think a, a downwardness of the game. Um, at least I did. And, and maybe it's because I was biased and wanted to see it stay here in North Carolina, but uh, it just doesn't seem like the game since moving from Charlotte uh, has really uh, met up to the same levels of what we saw 
uh, okay. back in the 70s. Yeah, let let, so, me, let me interrupt you one second there. One second. I'm coming back to you. Alex, in Raleigh, does the Shrine Bowl matter? Nope. It's too far away. Go ahead, Dale. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good point. Now, the, probably the other point, too, is when I was in high school, uh, we had put up on you know, out in the halls, uh, there was information put up about the Shrine Bowl in the fall of the year. Uh, do they do that in high schools today? No, because a lot of the coaches don't take the interest in the Shrine Bowl like they did back when I was in high school. So there's a big uh, – a, a lot of the coaches not even in the school, Bill. Yeah. You what? Say that again. I mean, a lot of the coaches not even in the school deal. They coming from another job. Right. Exactly. That's a that's a problem. So I, I we, we need to market. I think we romanticize the Shrine Bowl just a little bit there because the last couple of years it was in Charlotte. Nobody went. I mean, it was well. Like, it, we, it needs to be marketed. I, I romanticize is one thing, but I I don't think the co- it's not sold to the coaches and. The coaches don't sell it to their players and to their into their. No, school. they're selling. They're selling the All America game, the U.S. Army game. They're selling exactly. the game. So and also all the elite kids, they don't even think about the Shrine Well, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Too many years passed before, if I could borrow Mr. Grice's words, too many years passed before the Shrine Ball called its next of kin. <laughs> and too long has passed between the Shrine Bowl's heyday and the phone call not being made to the next of kin for the Shrine Bowl to matter to the same degree it did decades ago. Well, that's fair. I just that's think fair, with yeah. all these games that are going on now, though, it's going to be hard for the Shrine Bowl to regain its position because you have the Queen City game, you have the, the North-South game, or I, I don't, that's not what it's called, the Carolina Bowl. You have the East-West coming now, so there's just going to be so much. I mean, am I, I mean, Chris, am I wrong? There's going to be so much competition now that the Shrine Bowl. Yeah, I think I think the Shrine Bowl probably peaked when they started doing combines, and it wasn't so political as to who got picked uh, when they did these combines. But you know, those days are over too. Yeah, I remember all the top guys would come to the Shrine Bowl, and the coaches would come and. I remember Mac Brown being out there in the nineties. I mean, it was a big deal, and you know that, that practices were awesome. I would yeah. have a number of practices. They, they, they used to either be at Garinger or, or later on they were at Butler, and you had both teams at the same site, yeah. and the coaches would go between fields. It, it would be tons of college coaches out there. Chris, you exactly. have as much history with the Shrine Bowl as anybody except maybe the Shriners. What what would you do to bring the Shrine Bowl back? Well, and this is going to be an unpopular opinion. And and ultimately, you know, I've done the TV for ESPN for the game for probably, what, the last 10, 12 years. And and I'm sure I'll never get invited back when I say this opinion, but it is what it is. And I hate to say it, but it's unpopular. You know, the the political battling within the shrine organizations in this state, and I'm talking about the different uh, shrine, you know, the Oasis, the, the Amran, uh, you know, all the different temples in, in the different part of the state, you know, there is so much political volatileness of them competing against one another for power. And and, and the other thing is, is you know, the, the, that group of men, they're not getting any older or any younger. I mean, they're all 
8,900 years old, a lot of them. And, you know, you just don't see enough youth coming in there to really move the game forward. Uh, I agree with what Dale said, though. The North Carolina Shriners, and, and, and I wonder when I say the Shriners, I, I specifically mean the Oasis Temple, which has essentially been banished from the game. And they're the biggest temple in the entire country, if I'm not mistaken, with the most money. They're the ones that did, built the Shrine Bowl. They're the ones that need to be running the Shrine Bowl. Uh, but because of some power and some stuff like that, it, it, it's a jumbled mess. And there's a reason why this game hadn't been played. And, again, I will never get invited to be on TV with them again. And I really don't care because it's just sad to see this game go down to crapper like it has. I don't see the Strombo coming back so long as it's never. Not, deep not, not like Carolina it was. It, 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 be an also run. it doesn't matter to North Carolina kids. It's just too far away. And if you're – I mean, that, and that's in Charlotte. I mean, you heard what Alex said. If you're in Raleigh, that's what's that, a five-hour drive or something like that? And, and let me just say this. I hope I am wrong. You know, I know the men who are out there. Coach Chris Norman at Shelby High School, he does his damnedest to run this game and do a lot of stuff, but they just don't have the facilities. You know, they're giving these players uniforms from champion. I hate to say it, but players don't give a damn about champion uniforms. They want Nike. They want Adidas. They want Under Armour. You know, the Shrine right. Bowl, you know, the way they ran that game, volunteering, doing food, barbecues, chicken, fried chicken and stuff after games. You know, that was great in 1989, but kids of the days, they, they, they want – well, that's that's the difference in those all-american games you know we've been in them they get a duffel bag yeah and then each day they get a signature item to put in the bag as well and that's what makes them want to go like they're getting a bag full of gear that's representing with their name on it. if you made it to this prestigious event you're gonna have to spend three or four hundred dollars on these kids well, Memorial, Memorial Stadium is in really good shape. There's a lot of local shoe manufacturers that have uh, dis dis distributors here. That's what I'm looking for. So you get a Nike, you get an Under Armour, you get affiliated with the game, and Adidas. Adidas would probably be the big one. And, you know, you host it at, at, at Memorial, and, and one team practice after the other. Maybe you practice somewhere nearby. But they better do it soon because these other oh. games are coming fast. And, and, and I hate – and I got to say, I hate to throw the Shrine Bowl's dirty laundry out there. And, and if for some reason I turn up dead this week, you look at me under a dump truck somewhere, some, some Shriners probably going to run me over. And I hope that I'm wrong. I want this game to go. It is the oldest yeah. high school football all-star. It is the original high yeah. school football all-star game, not North Carolina, in the entire country, yeah. 1937. So I want it to be good. You know, I'm like with Dale. I romanticize about that game. I remember as a kid going to Memorial Stadium in 1980 to see Ethan Horton before 26,000 people. I mean, I remember what the Shrine Bowl was, and I want to see it like that again, but I'm just scared that it just ain't. No, you're right. I'm, I, I talked to some older people. They still talk about, you know, uh, when my my husband played and my son played, but the younger kids they don't look at the Shrine Bowl like that. They look at, are you going to Under Armour? You going to Florida? You going to Texas? That's all they care about, and that's that's really about it. And then the, the local kids want to play in the Seas Bowl. They want to play in the Queen City game with Bobby and those guys. So that's kind of where it is. All right, we are super heavy. I apologize. I always tell y'all we will get at nine thirty. It's nine fifty six. I'm getting in trouble with Connie Griner. She's gonna be calling me in a minute. So we're gonna put the man. See if that is it. We're going to put the band in this one shot. Give his final thoughts. Uh, just big shout out to my boy, Brahim Murphy. Um, they lost to the Coastal Carolina this past Saturday. It was cool to see them at the game. But he did try to bring them back with a 73-yard touchdown. Um, beautiful catch. Ran it in there. It's one of those ones that was floating. You were afraid he was going to drop it. That would have been devastating. But um, the, my favorite thing about the game is just to see how much his teammates love him. When he scored – and when the other people score, the camaraderie they have together, it just, it's really special to see. And um, I'm blessed to go flying up Friday to watch him play in this game. And uh, 
I'm trying to take it all in because it's a senior year, but I'm going to try to see at least four games this year. And just if you can't watch the Army games on TV, check them out. Check out number eight, Brian Murphy. No, that's that's awesome. That's that is, uh, and I I mean, even though Sam's on the show, that's one of the best stories I think I've ever covered. That you know he would take in a young man in his home like that. It was uh, what CMS calls McKinney Vento. Didn't know exactly where he was going to be every night, and uh, put, the boy was 130 pounds or something when I met him. He was like a little guy, and he put on all his weight. Becomes a college player, and he's going to have a brilliant future ahead of him. And Army, they're going to take care of the rest of his life. So that's that's a wonderful story. But look, we're we're super heavy. I'm Langston. That's Alex Bassett and trained from Raleigh. That's uh, Coach Grice, the number two voice of high school football. Above him, we got the number one voice of high school football. Chris Hughes back from uh, sabbatical. Is that what I should call? Got no, man it's retirement. I'm, I'm transitioning out. I'm training Cam to be the next guru. You sound like man, Cam. Cam is really close. He's hardcore, baby. I like you. Sound, you sound like Serena Del Ross, hey. one of the oldest stories of CMS football there is. Gary Rich, my frat brother. Cameron Williams, the get the guru in training, and the great Sam Griner, who needs a W this week. We need some wins, baby. If I get, <laughs> if I get run over by a dump truck this week, we'll know why. Cam will be the guru. Cameron, the gladiator. I might, I might, I might need to be on how. I might need to be on like a suicide watch or something. Oh, <laughs> that's the best. Hey, it, 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 if it's a sun drop truck, you know it wasn't an accident. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best high school crew in the state. I like to work, and we are talking preps. <laughs> <laughs>